Welcome to Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. And I'm Zach. And we're going to talk about MMOs in front of this lovely fire in the dark, damp town of Brill. I really enjoy because I have this subtle uh, uh, fireplace sound effect going on in the background here. Unfortunately, we've got in-game ale to drink so we can get blasted while we're undead. I don't even know if we're getting blasted. I'm pretty sure it's just refreshing water. <laughs> don't kill my buzz, bro. Dude, I'm getting drunk as shit off this water. What's up, Frank? Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about the history of MMOs. And I mean, we got to talk about some of those MMOs. Like, there's a couple that I feel like most of the MMOs that I've really loved have gone away. I feel like a lot of the early MMOs that we're going to talk about, I don't think either of us really played much of. Um, but when we get around to MMOs, we did actually play. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I could list probably. Well, one of them, my one of my most favorite MMO games and just games in general, um, actually went offline fairly, sh- very fairly shortly after it officially launched. It was in like alpha and beta that I played for like a couple years, and it actually like went away. I want to say within like six months of their official launch, which really sucks. Um, Firefall, which was the first yeah. game I did a podcast for. Um, and the guy that produced that is working on an upcoming MMO. That's basically the successor. Like it's not even a spiritual successor. Like you call down a thumper robot and mine resources while you defend it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad because when we originally played Firefall, that it wasn't a great game. Uh, mostly because it, it, was heavily, it was heavily in development, so it wasn't going to yeah. be a great game. But I was so excited about it. It had a great premise. It did the whole flying exploration thing, you know, before Anthem really tackled it, you know, but it was very similar to Anthem style. Um, I was just, I was so excited. And the visual style of it was so good. I yeah, really it, it looked good. And it had like, the weapons were cool. They were all unique and different. Like It felt good. It yeah, felt it was fun, fun to, to just play. Um and it had an interesting esports mode. There was another game that did uh, the same thing as Firefall. Um, I don't remember what it was called. Now you might. Uh, I think you're I... probably talking about the other game that I loved that was shut down very shortly after it actually launched, which is Global Agenda. Global Agenda, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the one where you play like a spy or some shit like that. Not really. A, I don't know if you were like a spy or a superhero. What the hell you were supposed to be? But that you game like, was fun. Yeah, you were like a superhero agent kind of cybernetic warrior that was a great that was a um, great game that was that was one of my favorite games of all time when it really sucked because my computer couldn't really handle it and then i finally got a computer that could handle it i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go play that game again and then i went to go download it was like yeah this doesn't exist anymore like shit that wasn't that long ago what the right. hell <laughs> all right well let's let's start from the top here where we you know have to break down what we consider an MMO and what we don't. Yeah. Um, so we, we and I feel like this is a discussion because I, I don't think we actually agree on this, by the way, like we've talked about it in the past a little bit. And I, I think we had a couple of like a couple of like requirements that you maybe thought it needed that I didn't and vice versa. Yeah. Um. So what is an MMO to you? Like what, what makes a game an actual MMO? 
So that's confusing because the name itself, just MMO, that can apply to all sorts of things. I mean, technically, well, an MMORPG is very, yes. very different than an, than just a massively the, multiplayer um, online game. But right? MMORPG yeah, is what Duty we're talking is, about. Because Call of Duty and Battlefield are an MMO, right? But that's not what See, we're talking about I don't, here. I actually don't consider those MMOs even. I mean, they're massively multiplayer online. I mean, they're not giant, persistent worlds with hundreds of people. It's it's but... totally semantics, but I think the the one requirement, and I'll let you go first, but, like, my number one requirement for any, like, MMO, like, to consider it in that category is a persistent world. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I, I, I can... Persistent world, absolutely. Um, and if we're going to talk about MMORPGs in particular, which I think is is more or less what we're talking about yeah, here in that, general, that, anyway, that is the idea. Then you also have to have the general uh, RPG tropes. You know, th- there has to be some kind of progression. I, I don't know if leveling is necessary, though. It right, you can you can progress something. Right. Yeah. Does that so, make Farmville an MMO? I guess is the question, though. No, because it's not really a persistent world. And I guess, I mean, it's technically massively multiplayer because you can visit, but it's more of like that hub-based thing, right? Yeah, so, okay, so let's let's put that it's up against... Such a, it's such a convoluted conversation. Well, so let's put that up against something that's kind of similar in the gray area, which I think we, which we have on here, which is Neopets. Yeah. Because... That is kind of a persistent world. It a hundred percent was a persistent world because you could have a shop, and like the stores would have inventory that every person in the game could go to at the same time, and they could sell out. Right, but that one's weird because it's, I guess specifically because it's not like three D or anything, and it's not even like a mud or anything. It was like, like it was like a two D, like account management simulator, basically. It did kind of have a world like you did have to go to different areas, which was really just clicking on a series of web pages until you got to the mini game or whatever the hell you wanted to play. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think Neopets would be considered an MMO. I, I think I I think I consider it an MMO. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there really really has to be much else like we have on here chatting and trading. Um. But if you look at like some of the early MMOs, like a lot of them didn't really have well, a lot of that. And Neopets, I I don't know if you I I didn't play it for that long. I think I played it for like a year, like on and off. Yeah. Um. Probably I played it a lot. I think for like three or four months. But it it actually did have like DMing, and it at one point did have a yep. chat room. I believe. It did have. I do believe it did have chat rooms, um, and you could trade. You and could course, trade, yeah leveling up in mini games and all that because it was basically pokemon yeah it, it was um, basically like turn-based like pokemon but like not turn-based combat like everything was turn-based it was except a real the economy weird, like, was live the the battles were weird because they were a real mix of um like doing a a turn-based final fantasy pokemon style battle but also it was very similar to like doing rpgs via a form board right so, yeah, that was a weird one. I I kind of miss Neopets. Like it was, it's 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 a little too child friendly for me now. But yeah, um, it's not. It's a fun game. I I kind of quit playing when it actually got complicated. Um, I I really liked it when it was really simple. Like adopt a pet, go to the store, buy some items. 
play some mini games. Like I liked it when it was really simplistic when they started adding on a lot of like complex systems and like the economy became the base of that game. I kind of fell off of it. I was a big fan of it for a while. I got, I just got kind of too busy and, and couldn't really play it. But my favorite character, the one that I always started with was this thing that looked kind of like a mix between like Dragonite and Mew yeah, I, I always I started with the. the I always started with the uh, the little dragon guy. Yeah, was like in their logo. Yeah, that dude was awesome. And then later on, I came back to it just to be like, you know, I'm bored. Let me log on to Neopets and see if that's still fun. And then you had to like do certain stuff, or it was unavailable or something. I'm like, oh, I don't want to play this then. Well, and I remember I I checked in on it like a few years after I had quit playing, and a lot of people were. Like, I talked to somebody else that was actively playing it, and they were like, oh, you have, like, a original account. I bet you try to get hacked a lot. And I was like, why? Like, what's the point of that? And they were like, oh, well, like, you know, older accounts have access to certain stuff and have, like, built up money and stuff um, that you can't get any other way. And I guess people, like, sell the accounts. Yeah. So I, I actually had somebody try to sell me a uh, Valorant beta pass thing. Yeah. And I was like, A, I don't want to get banned from playing Valorant before the game even comes out. Right. <laughs> and B, you know, thanks to this uh, COVID crisis we're dealing with, I, I really shouldn't be spending money on a game that I, I can just wait for it to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Frank, no, Neopets wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the Tamagotchis. It was a website that you would go to and it was kind of like a pet adoption thing where you would. It was, it was more like Pokemon than it was Tamagotchis, but it was similar to those. Speaking of Tamagotchis, uh, just as a quick random side thing, I, I didn't realize that that had become a thing again. Yeah, yeah. It's been around on and off for a couple of years now. You can buy them at malls and like in, in stores again still. Yeah. And They're also, way more right? complex now too, by the way. One of my old roommates like came home one day and had like three of them. Oh, God. And I was like, where did you get... Did you... Like, it's winter. Did you find a flea market somewhere? How the hell did you get Tamagotchi? Did you time they're, travel? Like, they're like, no, they're selling them at the store. I'm like, why? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> like, why is this a thing again? Okay, so MMOs, though. What what makes an MMO to you? Like, if you if you are thinking of criteria to make an MMO, what what is on your list? We've established um, it's got to have the RPG tropes of, like, leveling, skill trees, etc., um and it's got to have a persistent world i mean i think those are really the only two big criteria because i i feel like if you narrow it down too much which I, which a lot of people kind of do now um you just kind of get clones of clones of clones like you know what we've been dealing with where everything is just kind of world of warcraft right um and i don't think we should exclude games that try to think outside of the box especially a lot of the earlier games when those tropes weren't really established yet they were they were kind of creating those tropes yeah absolutely so i don't know i think a persistent world and then just the ability to like chat trade interactivity with other people the persistent world and the rpg tropes that makes an mmo rpg yeah and i mean especially if i think about why i liked him in the first place like i have almost always been a fan of MMORPGs years before I ever was even able to play one. Uh, just because the idea of being able to play a game, but also 
exist in this other world with other live people that you can interact with. That that was always the big yeah. Like I love playing Morrowind. I grew up playing a lot of Morrowind, and I always both was did. like, I wish I could play Morrowind, but not just have NPCs. Like have my friends there right. and talk to them and go on quest with them. So oh. Frank brings up a good question: Is Pokemon Go considered an MMO? I actually have that in my notes. Because... And, and yeah, I was like, oh, that's funny you ask because yeah, that that's kind of in our notes to talk about that, and I think that's a good transition. Um, you know, out of like well, what do we consider an MMO? So, okay, it's got the leveling up. It's got some of the RPG tropes, so it doesn't have all of them, right? Um, so... Like, how many of... does it need to have, I guess, is the question. Like, how much of that? So the reason I put Pokemon Go in there is not because I necessarily think of it as an MMORPG, but, but I added to is. the bottom of our notes, uh, you know, the cultural impact of MMORPGs, and I think we're starting yeah. to see them go beyond just being something you do on a computer. And I think Pokemon Go is one of the first important steps to making that a thing. You know, it's it's starting to blend the social persistent world of RPGs with, you know, actual real life. Um and I'm 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 also waiting to see where that goes in the future because you have stuff like VR. Like if we ever had There are VR MMOs, they're just not very good apparently. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see more of that kind of thing. But, like, you know, let's go further on. Like, what happens if you, you know, let, let's say we actually had Google Glasses. Like, that actually became a thing. You know somebody was going to make an RPG for that at some point. Do you exclude that because it's, you know, not traditional, like, World of Warcraft? Or you, do you... Well, I don't think it necessarily has to exclude it, but I think it can become its own thing. I don't think it has to be lumped in with the same group as the is the difference there. Um, like a VR MMO, I think is different than a traditional MMO in the way that it fundamentally needs to work. See, and I disagree because if you look at the history of MMOs, there's kind of a few different eras, right? Same with like console generations where you start with, I mean, let's be honest. You start with Dungeons and Dragons. You start with pen and paper, right? Well, yeah. And it moves and then you've into got, And then you've got MUDs. MUDs. But that's the thing, is a MUD isn't an MMO. It's a MUD. It's a multi-user text dungeon. Right, but that multi-user part of it, and with the level and the grinding, I mean, it really is an MMO. But it's just well, a that, very That's what I'm saying, form. is it's, it's a different kind of MMO. I'm not saying it's not one. I just don't think but it's I, a traditional one. Well, I think that means, depends on what you mean by traditional, because it, it keeps changing as the technology gets better, right? You go from MUDs, and then you get to... Uh, graphic graphical MMOs, and then you go from graphical MMOs to 3D MMOs, which is what we consider to be traditional. But really, all it is is because that's the era in which sure. MMOs no, I, you like know, I, flourished. Well, like I said, I, I don't think I'm I'm not trying to exclude it from MMO. I just think it gets its own category within the MMO universe. It, it's definitely its own era. I of... think the VR MMO is a it's a different game. Like, you know, there's, you can play super hot VR and you can play super hot on a console and they're actually different games. So yeah, it, it's the same game, but functionally it plays differently is all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm really afraid that 10, 20 years from now, we're still going to be doing this and uh, everyone's going to be like, nobody's going to be sitting in front of a computer playing an MMO anymore. 
and everyone's going to start, it's going to transition to something else because of the technology. We're just going to be sitting here like, that's not an MMO. This is an MMO. Right. <laughs> so you got to adapt with the time a little bit, I guess. Okay. So let, let's go over the last two we have here and like, what do we consider? And then wrap up the, what do we consider an MMO? Cause I, I feel like we've covered that pretty well, like persistent world, massively multiplayer, like a bunch of people. Um, well, so I RPG guess tropes. One, like, one of my other questions is, is does it have to have its own separate platform? And the reason I ask that, I mean, we, I, I guess not because we consider Neopets to be an MMO, right? But I have like Cybertown on here. Um, and Cybertown was my first real experience with anything even close to an MMO where you had this entire town and it was all based on VRML, you know, like 3D in your browser, which was mm-hmm. crazy because... At that point, I mean, we're still dealing with, like, HTML2 at this point. Right. Uh, and websites only ever have, you know, a picture or two, a basic background, maybe a repeating but it was, wallpaper. it was using code to draw basic geometry. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're dropping 3D models in there, and you're like, well, how the hell does this work? But you could walk around, you could buy things, you could get a job. There was, like, a shooter competition thing. You were trading things with people. There wasn't traditional leveling. You know, your character right. never had a level. It was just your character had whatever you invested in. Yeah. Uh, with that character. And I always consider that kind of an MMO, but uh, so it's, it's weird because it doesn't, you know, like Second Life has its own uh, platform. It's got its own client, or as it were. And this was really just a website when you break it down. Yeah. I, I don't think the client makes a game of a typical or a particular category. I I think it's more about the game itself. And Frank brings up the Sims and the Sims isn't an MMO. It's actually a single player game. Well, there was a Sims (laughs) MMO, but it didn't last long and was very bad. Yeah. It lasted for like a year or two. And then people were like, yeah, I like the Sims, but I don't like other people. And I don't want to pay money to pay with people. I don't like when I could just play the Sims. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, (laughs) It wasn't an MMO when it actually launched, and it's currently not an MMO. It's yeah. a single-player game. Um, and like um, you know, you po- when you talk about player. like when you talk about like just generic Pokemon too, I, I feel like if you made Pokemon Blue, like the original Pokemon games, um, if you made those multiplayer, like if you could see other people in town or anywhere, and you could trade and interact with them and battle with them in the same game that you're playing and not by connecting your accounts like through a computer in the game or something. Yeah. I think Pokemon would become an MMO and I think that's why you have the case for Pokemon Go being an MMO. Um but I also don't think I consider it an MMO because it's actually an ARPG. Yeah, I mean at best like if you take uh Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, you can have somebody else play with you, but I think at best that just becomes a cooperative game, not right. An MMO. A cooperative game is just like, you know, Mario Kart is a co-op game, right? Right. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't consider Pokemon to be an MMO at all. But if you want something like that, I mean, people did do that. It's Temtem, right? Which is a current um, thing in beta, and, it, and it'll be towards and, the end of our discussion. We'll we'll kind of go over that some more. Yeah, and I absolutely consider that to be an MMO because yeah, it is. It's by every metric, it checks it's... off every tick box we've 
mentioned, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the division is the last one I wanted to talk about. Yeah, the, something it's... outside of the traditional RPG, something that deals with like shooting and stuff like and, that. And let me preface this by saying, I feel like the division is a hundred percent an MMO. Um, the only difference with the, the only thing there's even a question about it being an MMO is because you're using like third person shooting controls. Um, but there are lots of MMOs with shooting, whether it be a bow or a gun. Um, like defiance is a third person shooter MMO. Okay. So here's where the line gets fuzzy. And I have a question when it comes to games like battlefield, um, which I guess is still a little more instanced, like it, Call of Duty. See, but it's, also... it's single. It's single fight. Load into a mission with a group of people, and there's no hub. Right. I, okay, I think so... if there was a hub, you would have somewhat of an argument. Like if there was like a persistent like army base that everybody loaded into and could walk around and communicate and trade. I don't think it it checks off any box other than massively multiplayer. I agree. But there's not a great deal of difference between that and say like Planet Side. See, I, I think I think is I much think Planet Side is I think Planet Side is an MMO. It's just not an RPG. It's a shooter. Well, you you level up your gear. You level up your abilities. Um, yeah, but it, it's very limited. Is. I you could make an sure. argument that it's a very very limited MMO but I think it falls into its own category of a massively multiplayer shooter. So as I, I, I feel like the division, yeah. the difference is you're not really, sh the shooting is very, it, it's irrelevant. You could be using a sword and hitting the guys. It's very MMO in the way that it works with the interactions with the enemies. There's random players in the world. There's player hubs. It's a persistent world. There's separate PvP zones. Like it, it's a very MMO game. If you took out all the guns and put in swords and trebuchets, it would it would still be the same game. Yeah, I so, think that's the difference. So are we are we adding something of a hub world as part of our? I, I think our there needs to be here. there needs to be more than instanced matches. Okay, like when you think of a game like. I mean, at that point, you could say, you know, I, I guess not Counter-Strike, because you're not really leveling up your, your character account. Um, right. Like, you do have a player level, but it's not really a character level. Right. Um, but, you know, like you said, like Battlefield, Call of Duty, you're leveling up guns. Um, so, I, I think there's a difference between instanced fights because at that point, you can actually say, well, Street Fighter is an MMO. Well. Or Mortal Kombat. With regards to just leveling up your guns, I don't think that makes much of an argument. Because there's an actual skill tree. And, like, the Division has all of the MMO checkboxes ticked. So it's got skill trees. It's got uh, boss fights. It's got a story. It's got PvP. It's got weapon skills it's got item sets it's got loot and it's not just a looter shooter it's got like randomized combat like numbers um it's got damage numbers like floating damage text 
you know, items brings up a good point. I kind of think an MMO, like, I think loot has to be a part of an MMO. Uh, Hitman does not have an MMO, no. <laughs> it, it does have a, uh, it has a PvP mode in the most recent one. But yeah. But it's not an MMO. I mean, they're they're kind of trying to blend it there a little bit, but yeah, I wouldn't consider even Hitman 2 to be an MMO. There's really no leveling or RPG element there. There is some, actually. I, mean, you, um, I, I realize you level up some stuff and get some skills, but I don't think it's leveling up in the traditional sense. No. Um, kind of, yeah, and no. that, that's kind of the same argument for Call of Duty. Is like, yeah, you level up your guns, but you're actually just like unlocking new items for the gun. You're not actually like leveling up your character. Well, so the reason I was asking about items is like, do you necessarily have to have levels? Like, if it's all let's take guns out of the equation, okay? Let's say we're we're dealing with uh, like a Diablo type game, mm-hmm. and there's no levels, there's no real character progression. It all just revolves around. So most people consider most people consider Path of Exile an MMO, and I don't. I I consider it an action RPG, and not an MMO. Well, it because does have hub worlds, and you do level up, and it is persistent, and there are other people. It, it is persistent, but it's also not persistent. So it's a season-based game, like the way they've structured it. Like, there is a persistent, never-changing version. Like, yeah. you can go play. I, I think it's probably, like, 1% of the players actually play that server. But it is there. It is there, but I don't think it counts as a persistent world. Um, and it, it's definitely a gray area. Like, I, I wouldn't be upset if anybody okay. disagreed with me here. So, in my opinion, part. it's a separate game. Um, because, because you also don't level up your items. You you can level you, up skills. You get, you get better items. You can get better items, but you can't level up your items. And there it's it's one of those things where it's a separate category it's an action rpg an arpg i don't know that i agree because if you can if you compare that to guild wars one they're not that different they're really not right they're they're very similar in that in town there are random players there and you go out into instanced worlds and you're basically just using a hop bar you're just hitting one through five i mean the camera angle is different Guild Wars is definitely a lot right. slower than Path of Exile, but all in all, those games aren't particularly that different. Right. Path of Exile, there's a lot more to it, if and anything. I, I think... Path of Exile's kind of more of an MMO than Guild Wars 1. Yeah. And so, the other thing is, Guild Wars is kind of meant more to have an ongoing story. It's meant to have, like, guilds and... It, it checks off more of those RPG tropes for me. Yeah, than, it absolutely does. Than Path of Exile does. I think just spiritually, Path of Exile is trying to be a different thing. It's not trying to be an MMORPG. It's trying okay. to be a different game. What about Albion Online? Because See, Albion okay. Online's not that different than PoE, and the whole point of Albion Online was to kind of bring back the original feeling of Ultima online, which so is absolutely an MMO. Here's the thing. Albion is actually I, I do consider Albion Online an MMORPG, but there's a lot of games similar to that. Um when you talk about and I actually downloaded it because I want to check it out on the free weekend. 
um i think it's called conan unchained or something like that or conan exiles i know yeah i, I played that one uh a couple months I, ago. i've never I tried it, it. it's um, not great <laughs> I, I heard it was bad but i wanted it's to see it real bad but yeah you should try um, it for sure yeah I, I just wanted to see the the mess that it is yeah conan exiles um there's a lot of these games out there like arc and uh raft or something like that yeah. There's a lot well, of these games that are game, but Ark and Rust. Yeah, that they're that's they're kind of MMOs, and like you could argue that like Minecraft servers are MMOs. Um, well, I think there, but there isn't. There's but no I don't think they are. Those. See, those but are you do. Servers. You have servers, right? And the world exists within that server, and it is persistent. And there is leveling. There are well, it's items. Not, it's, it's not. It's not persistent. It is on that server. Yes, but that server's not a dedicated server. I think that kind of No, has you can have a dedicated server. You can have a dedicated yes. server. Um I don't really think a lot of people do that, but I, I guess that doesn't really matter a whole great deal. Um Yeah, like, I don't know. That that's like there's there are clan too. that's what I'm saying, is like there's these weird gray areas that there's no direct black and white yes or no. And I, I feel like games like Ark and rust and these games fall into a separate thing where they're like a survival sandbox game they're not necessarily an mmo i think I, it's I a different agree. category entirely yeah i would agree um, well let's 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 start with the the beginning and move up the timeline because i feel like we have to get a little farther down the timeline before we even start hitting gray areas i mean yeah. mmos were kind of their well, own I, thing I feel like it was while. important to establish what we consider an mmo and it like is. we we've kind of nailed down like persistent world mm or rpg tropes for the mmorpgs not necessarily just mmos like you can have mmo shooters like planet side because i i feel like that's very similar to guild wars and you've got a, a town hub i i believe i think um, there's something similar to it i haven't played planet side 2 either so i don't really yeah, know what that's like and you can you know go out with your clan and have a clan battle and your progress is persistent it affects the overall world persistently um i i think it's it's pretty clear what we're talking about at this point when we talk about an mmorpg um yeah i think we we have a point in the discussion where we have to talk about the effect that world of warcraft had on everything because not not from the game perspective but from the financial perspective because the amount of money that that game made so quickly, I think that's the reason we have so many gray so, areas now, because everybody was really trying I to think, cash in on that MMO money. I think that's what pushed games, MMOs, from the modern era into the current era. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that was the transition Um, when, when WoW launched. That was the game that everybody was like oh man this is the one everybody's got to play yeah well, um, well we'll get into a discussion about that for sure yeah so <laughs> so let's talk about what became mmos what what started out how did mmos begin i mean so as far as i'm aware from my understanding of the history you basically start with with pen and paper you start with chivalry and dungeons and dragons right. and sword and sorcery and then you get a couple of nerds. You cast right magic in. missile into the darkness. Exactly. <laughs> and then you get to a point where you get a couple of nerds that are starting to figure out, you know, basic programming becomes a thing. And they go, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could play Dungeons and Dragons when 
you know, you didn't have friends around because everyone knows as you get older, it gets harder to get people together on a certain night of the week to spend three hours, you know, playing a pen and, a pen and paper game or even longer. Because let's be honest, Dungeons and Dragons can go on for way longer than three hours. Um, I mean, some people play the same campaign for a lifetime for, for 20 years. years. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, you get to the point where it's like, well, I want to be able to play D&D, but I want to be able to do it when I when I can't have my friends around or when they can't be directly sitting in front of me. And that's when you start getting into MUDs. You know, that, which, that's when you start... Which is, it's funny. So, I knew it, it stood for multi-user dungeon. I didn't realize that was the name of the original MUD, which was not even called that originally. But it became called the multi-user dungeon when it launched. And it only yeah. lasted two years. Yeah, that that was uh that was back during the days of the ARPANET, right? So it, it it started before the ARPANET and then it did eventually launch on that and it actually survived for two years on I, I forget, a college campus is where it lived yeah. on their their local I, server. It's like MIT or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was MIT, thank you. Um yeah. it, it lived on their servers for two years. Um actually I might be wrong about that. I think somebody from MIT might have developed it. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly um, what university it was. I don't want to say but for yeah, sure there, it was there, MIT. But... <laughs> it, it, did, it existed on a college server for about two years live, which is a short lifespan in the scheme of things. Like, we consider that to be a failure now. Yeah, well, back then, uh, and especially as we go through this timeline, absolutely, most MMOs didn't last that long. Oh. Um, and I think that was more than anything internet was expensive computers were expensive um and so well back then though remember this is pre-internet keeping a persistent server for an mmo was just not right very realistic well and this this was pre-internet yeah so well um, i mean it didn't take that i mean yeah you get you, you start getting some stuff in the basic 70s right but by the time you get to yeah the early 90s so maze war was an fps uh first person shooter um and they played that on the arpanet and it was the first game that was played over a serial cable with multiple players um serial cable okay so it's been a while so is that basically like land connections i'm guessing yeah essentially a, a land connection a serial cable now is like what you would connect your hard drive with so they were like connecting hard drives okay so they so were like land. just a very primitive land. It was like <laughs> two people plugging into a single hard drive. It was the ori- it was the origin of the Eskimo brother. <laughs> <laughs> that seems really weird to think about now too because games are so graphically intensive. They they put so much power on a hard drive and a processor. Um the idea of trying to hook up my hard drive to someone else's computer so we can both play a game seems like, dude, that would just set so, something on fire. <laughs> so I remember in high school hooking up our computers via LAN cable and you had to have special LAN cables to plug in one computer to another where you had yeah, to have a swapped wire on one end of the la- the Ethernet cable. Yeah. Um, like, it, it was a hassle. Everything was a hassle. I was um, so I was very fortunate. So the first time I ever used a LAN connection for anything, um, I had to be about middle school, and I used to spend my summers on a military base not far from here, 
uh, cause it's, you know, it's where my mom worked and, um, we had a computer room and everybody would fight to get in the computer room. And of course that's all I ever wanted to do. So I was fighting for that nonstop and we weren't playing MMOs at the time. We were playing uh command and conquer Tiberian sun. That's what everybody wanted to play. Yeah. But their computer network, you know, because it's a military base, they had everything already set up. Every computer was connected to each other. Um, I mean, we could go online, but the internet wasn't that great. Right. Everybody was playing the same game, so we all just played against each other. I think the only games we ever really played was Tiberian Sun and Sifnet occasionally back when that was. Yeah, the thing. in high school, when I. So I'm a couple years older than you, but not much. Yeah. Um, in high school, we played Tiberian Sun and we played StarCraft um, Brood War. Yeah. And we would play that LAN in the in the dorms before because we didn't have internet in the dorm until my senior year. Um and then my senior year, the dean asked me to set up the Wi-Fi in his house, and I set it up so that I could give anyone I wanted to access to it. Um so me and like two or three other people were playing Counter Strike. Um and I actually got the Steam launcher the day it came out. Um because I went to go play Counter-Strike and it's like, hey, you need to install Steam. And I'm like, is this a virus? Like, I remember <laughs> is being like, virus? what the hell happened here? Um, but yeah, I, I, re- I actually remember uh, the day that that game or that that launcher launched. Um, and it will forever be stuck in my brain that my my buddy Zach was in the room playing Diablo 2 and blasting Power Man 5000 on his speakers. I, I like this other Zach. I, I wanna... <laughs> Power Man 5000 one day I will shit. tell Man, you. I saw him in concert and everything. Like That was my jam. One day I will tell you of the great turkey hunt of 2000 and... <laughs> what? One? No. 2004? <laughs> what year so, did I graduate? 2005. 2004 I, it would have been. This is another side note, but this is a conversation that happened today that I wanted to bring up. So I'm assuming your your handle has always been the same while you've had Steam. So I actually I actually Fisher. had Ace Fisher one uh, before, like I, I got Ace Fisher one the day that we got the internet at my house. Um, our so I didn't have cable. I didn't have internet in my house until we got cable internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a Comcast guy. And he's like, he's like, okay, I need to set up your original email. Um, you know, what do you want your email to be? And like your username. And I was like, oh, Ace. And I got that from, and most people aren't going to get this, but there was an old cartoon called Snorks. And it were these like little sea monkeys that lived under the water. And there was an episode where a couple of them were like competing on an arcade machine and if you remember arcade machines that you always had to put in a three letter name when you got a high score for yep. the leaderboard and the high score was always this guy named ace and it was like this old old guy it was like the elderly man um and i was like man that's so cool i'm gonna use that and he's like oh yeah that's taken <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the internet uh that that one was the first one taken um he's like do you just want to like use your name and the year and i was like no no that's stupid and it, it was stupid and i'm glad he didn't do that and he's like okay well what else do you want to put with it and i was like fisher and he's like 
because I like to fish. Like I, I fish a lot. Yeah. And he's like, okay, that's taken two. And I'm like, put a one after it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how I got Ace Fisher one. And I'll it's been around, it. it's been around since like 1998, probably. So the reason I, I brought that up is because you sent me the picture of, uh, whatever the hell that thing's called that little boat thing or whatever oh a pontoon yeah pontoon yeah because i had i'd never heard so right as i had typed to you what the hell is a pontoon i was hanging out with butter she was over here earlier and i i had said that out loud and she was like (laughs) oh it's a kind of boat and then you sent the picture and i'm like okay that makes sense and she was like oh he's gonna be one of those like fishermen now isn't he and i'm like (laughs) what are you talking about butters he's drunk like, she's like that's you know that's the kind of thing people use and go out and fish and whatnot i'm like yeah that's all he does i got disconnected like, wait from really server. i'm like you never realized his name is ace fisher one and she's like i never actually thought about his name before i'm like yeah he sends me pictures of him fishing all the time that's what if he's not playing games, it's, it's literally fishing. in my picture <laughs> in facebook like it's my profile picture of me with like a five pound bass. I just it was it was funny. Like, oh he's gonna be one of those fisher fishermen now, isn't he? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yep, brand new. It's just he's he's gonna go get his first fishing rod and just figure it out from scratch yep. right now. Yep, just just gonna get a, a stick of bamboo and some line and I'm gonna I'm gonna get a coat hanger and make a hook. It's gonna be great. You know, and it's that's it's funny. even weirder because my name on everything is Steampunk Circus, and I, I, I haven't it's because really been you just love the circus. Years. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> been, I haven't been into Steampunk for years, and I hate the circus, so I don't know why. That's a thing. Well, don't worry because now you're Stumpkin because some guy at an Overwatch tournament can't read Stumpkin. Yeah, so the way that I got Steampunk Circus because unlike you, I had changed my handle online probably once every three weeks. For and yeah, that years. that's a good point. I legitimately still have the first email address that I got set up when we got internet. I am currently using four different email addresses. And I mean, I have more. Yeah, yeah, I have more, but like I still actively use my original one. Yeah, no, I've, I have changed my name so many. I mean, I'm back in college. That's when I got Steampunk Circus was about halfway through college. But if you remember our days yeah. back at Hard Knocks, it used to be Chemical Soda. That was that was. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I like that better. I, I was a big fan of that. And I there was a kind of I mean, though. I I'd used a bunch. I mean, I was um, there was several variations of zero on there because that had been my nickname since like 2000. Um, I but think there's like, like eight billion people that use that now, unfortunately, and, and Borderlands. Me. Yeah, and, and then I had my gothy emo phase, so I had like Black Rose and Lonely Soldier and a bunch of other shit like oh, that. God. Yeah, eventually, the only reason I got Steampunk Circus is because you I was just doing said that, I... and a pack of clove cigarettes appeared before me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had the, I needed to come up with a new handle. And Chemical Soda had actually been taken on a bunch of stuff already. And I'm like, really? all right, I need to figure... Yes. Wow. And I needed to figure something else out. And I was like, all right, what the hell do I do? So we had been... You know, we were designing stuff because we went to a graphic design school. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was really into steampunk. And they were like, oh, you're, you got to take a couple things and throw them together. So I was like, cool. <laughs> That's how well, the internet works, know. man. 
what the hell would you know you see steampunk everything but what the hell would a steampunk circus look like so i started drawing like circus tents and elephants with like steams and gear shit coming out of them all over the place and i just started using steampunk circus and it's been that way for years now we could talk about mmo like naming too like the randomized names and like how people's like careers have been defined by their randomized names so most of my names have always been very similar like in most games i'm jackal or jkl or something close to whatever is available that is kind of close to that um but i i also really like the ability to try and find things that look like names that nobody else has like on the regular world of warcraft server i'm playing on right now my character's name is call it's just k-a-h-l and being able to find a four-letter name that actually, you know, you can pronounce that isn't taken so, by somebody is very rare. That's a difficult one, though. It's funny that you use that, because that's a that's like a title from Game of Thrones. Is it? Yeah. And I know nothing about Game of Thrones, because I couldn't... So it's like, it's like the horse people. You know the guy that plays Aquaman? I forget yes. his name. Uh, uh, Momoa, Jason yeah. Momoa. Or whatever so he yeah. was Cal Drogo in game of thrones yeah i I remember him because he's in you know one of the first three episodes which is all i've seen yeah so he's like one of the famous people so like people have like named their children cal and drogo and shit like that like they're it's spelled k-h-a-l and it's it's essentially like king i actually wanted to try and tell everyone that he had a last name which (laughs) was uh ducat because it sounds like gal ducat which was one of my favorite characters from star trek because i don't care about game of thrones it's all star trek with me there you go see and i i'm one of those fucking book reading hipsters that read the winter king and fucking game of thrones back when it first came out like as a book i remember i had i had a fucking email interview and a phone interview with george martin oh yeah i remember you telling me about that in 2002 Like nobody gave a shit that he existed. And I I remember telling him like, God, I should find those emails. Um, Because I I actually remember like writing the email in the computer lab at school. And it was like the only time I used a computer in high school. Um, Like other, like for school, like I I used it to play video games. But um, I I remember emailing him and being like, Hey man, I, I really wish that you would make this into a movie. And he's like, yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. You know, I, I write these books because I like my characters. Um, that's why I kill all of them. <laughs> well, like, he's like, they're real characters to me. Like, I, I yeah. don't I don't have any interest in, like, getting rich off of this. I just, I want to write my book, and people seem to really enjoy it. That's I why like, I like writing. Yeah, and I was like, I yeah, dude, no, I, I, love, I love your books, and I'm so excited for the next one. Uh, hey, could you go and start working on that? because <laughs> like it's really funny to find out like he writes a biography in a couple of years and it turns out he got an email from some kid back in the early 2000s and that's what inspired him to slowly push it towards well, like, moving, you know turning into a tv show like so okay, that was part of, everyone can thank you for game of thrones yeah part of the reason that i i actually wanted to interview him for my my book report or whatever i did um was because I wanted to be like, hey, dude, are you still working on these? Because I remember finding out, like, I went to his website, which is largely still the same, by the way, um, that he was really old. 
and I was I was genuinely concerned that he was going to die before finishing before it. he finished book four, <laughs> like um maybe book three. Whatever came out, you think it's funny how people are just like, "When's the next book coming out?" You're like, "I've been on this train for years." (laughs) Yeah, like when it came out on on HBO, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, Game of Thrones!" And I'm like, "Fuck you!" I read this shit ten years ago, and now like I'm like, they've made another one of my favorite series, uh, a TV show, uh, The Last Kingdom, which is um like the Vikings basically. Um, and I'm just waiting for the winter King, which is my all time favorite book. And I kind of hope they don't do it because it's, it's so far beyond the complexity and like the relationships between the characters would never be portrayed correctly on TV that I kind of hope they don't do it. But I'm also kind of on that Kevin Smith train of like, I just want more content. Like I'm never going to complain that they gave me more. If it's bad, fine. At least I got to see the characters say the words out loud. And I got to see the armor and the character design and set pieces. Like I don't have to ever watch it again. You know, nobody can force me. Scott Westerfeld. If you ever hear this, a three part movie trilogy of Leviathan would be amazing. And I want to see that. (laughs) Butters, welcome, welcome to the stream. Uh, the Last Kingdom is amazing, and oh, you traitor, you're on his stream. You're on his uh, stream. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> you you should uh, multi-stream us. You can watch both. Um, but uh, no, if, if you enjoyed that or Game of Thrones, you should read The Winter King by uh, Bernard Cornwell. It's. Well, see, I, I, I think liked... it's better than Game of Thrones, honestly. Yeah, I, I was never a big fan of Game of Thrones, and I do remember the books because my buddy uh, Rich back in high school tried to get me into the Song of Ice and Fire or something like that. Is that correct? Fire and Ice? I don't know. Ice and um, Fire, yeah. Yeah. So I remember trying to read that, and I got like two chapters in, and I was like, this is the most boring thing I've ever read. I'm not doing this. And I, I never even – it took me a little while. Like, I probably would have never put together that that book turned into Game of Thrones if it wasn't for you. Because I remember you telling me about those books back <laughs> years in ago, right? College. Yeah, you like you remember. I remember you telling me about back in college. So I'm like, oh, I tried to read those books. That's never going to be popular. Fuck that book. And now it's, it's one of the most widely popular things. It's probably the, the biggest age. thing that's ever happened on TV, like that and The Walking <laughs> yeah. Dead. Yeah, well, I mean, I could have seen the success for Walking Dead. Uh, I, I don't know that I ever thought it was going to go on this long, but well, and the funny thing is, I love zombie shit. Like I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I I could not stand The Walking Dead. Not even a little bit. I I really like it. I mean, there's a lot of episodes that kind of suck. Like literally um, watching a single episode made me angry. So, bringing this back around to MMOs, uh, just as a question. <laughs> is call. there is there a zombie-based MMO? Um, so Probably. I I know there were some, like, Fallen Earth was a post-apocalyptic MMO that didn't last long. Does DayZ count? Um, DayZ, I I don't know. I don't know enough about it, honestly. I mean, it's... Okay. Kind of. Okay, this is perfect. Take a break real quick. I gotta go pee. So, 
take a break. We're going to take a break and you can look up Daisy and just look up in general. Are there any zombie MMOs that are like mainstream? Not like one guy made it. Two people have played it. Yeah. Not unturned or something. So yeah. Let me, uh, let we me will return that. in just a moment. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. Um, so, Daisy is just considered a a multiplayer survival game. Um, I don't know if there's a persistent world. I think it works a little more like Ark and Rust. But, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I, but I there is just survive. That's which right. Was, which was originally known as H one Z one. Yep. Um, I st- I don't think that's an RPG either, though. Right. It's considered a massively multiplayer online survival game, uh, which emphasizes multiplayer cooperation, trading, and team building. Uh, there is loot. I don't know if there's really, like, leveling, necessarily. Right. Um, but just to give it a little more credibility, it is made by the same people yeah. uh, that have done, like... It was D&D the original online, It was the original game. Yeah. So... Um, I think if we're going to count anything as a zombie MMO, Just Survive is probably the closest. Yeah, for sure. You're going to get to it. Yeah, um, I, I forgot that existed. If I'm totally. Honest. I did too. I I didn't know what Just Survive was. Like I've seen it around. I did not realize that they just renamed H1Z1, and I completely forgot about that game. Okay, so we should probably get back on our our track here 
through the history of the MMO. So we had Maze War, which was the first uh, first-person shooter game played by multiple multiple the multiple people over a serial cable. And then we right. had Adventure, the first multiplayer adventure game, <laughs> um, which was you know not an MMO really, but it was. Yeah a multiplayer adventure game, um, which I think is probably closer. Like, I feel like that's more of like a predecessor to path of exile Diablo, which is really, really cool to think about. Um, and then finally you had mud, which is multi-user dungeon in 1978, which is a text adventure RPG. And I personally consider MMO RPGs in the same category as muds. I feel like a mud is a early MMO. Yeah, it's just before you add graphics to it. And even still, I mean, mud's kind of evolved to be more graphically capable. I believe you've got oh, there's current Avalon on here, and Avalon is kind of like so, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Avalon was the original, um, like the first fully featured. Like mm-hmm. mud was like very basic, like walk up and hit an enemy oh, you encountered a player. Like, it wasn't like, you know, Avalon or like the game that I played called Achaea, um, A-C-H-A-E-A. But it was it was an early version where it was a text adventure. And I had a bunch of friends that played like a graphical version of that. Um, kind of like what you were talking about, where it was a browser game. Mm-hmm. And you would basically, it was kind of like uh, Mountain Blade where you would go and like go to a town and now you're in a fight. And instead of having a 3d combat fight, you would have a text adventure fight where you would do turn-based combat. Um, where it was like, you know, the black Knight has appeared and you have options one, two, and three, you know, attack, defend, run, and you could attack, defend or run. And then you did that until you died. And then after the combat, it'd be like, Oh, you took damage. Would you like to heal? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, but a mud is purely text. There's no there's no visuals at all, um, and I, I feel like mud doesn't really describe what it is, but it's more of a text RPG, um, and I, I do feel like that actually is a better a better predecessor to MMOs. Than... I mean, I consider them to be kind of the same as a lot of those uh, browser ones, just because... See, the browser ones, I, I feel, were more of a single-player experience. You you had very, if any, you had very limited interaction with the other players. To, to be fair, I don't know how much I can believe that from you, because even in games like World of Warcraft, they're basically solo adventures for you. So, a lot of my experience <laughs> with that world was actually, like, sitting next to my buddy in the computer lab at the library in my high school. And he played one of those every day. Um, yeah. So a lot of my experience was him interacting with his friends and it was very limited. Like they would, you know, like heal him after a battle because they were like in the same room or something, but it wasn't like there was no economy. There was no chatting. Uh, there was no combat. Sure. But what I mean is I feel like the only real difference is, like, if you look at old games, like, I think it was Zork or something like that, yeah. like, old MUDs, right. um, they tried to have graphics. There wasn't really much you could do. Right, it was ASCII art, you know? basically. Right, yeah. And so over time, 
the only thing that really changed between those and some of the browser games was just they, they put some basic artwork. yeah basic code art like squares well not even just squares but even if you get a little more a little higher res even just like pixel art and whatnot like yeah. it's still a mud they really just kind of added See, and that's the thing is i don't it's still, it's i don't still consider i don't consider you know? anything even with ascii art a mud in my brain a mud has to be a hundred percent pure text there can be it's a text rpg there can be no artwork I don't know. I feel like there's there's not a great deal of there. I don't feel like there's much difference until you get to 3D, because once I, you get I don't to 3D, think there's that much difference. I'm just saying yeah. my personal my view, my brain says text RPG is a mud, and then when you get to a visual representation, you've got a browser RPG. See, I the distinction I make like they're all muds to me until you get to 3d because then you get from because even with the graphical ones right you're still saying i want to go north right right? i want to go north or yeah and so you don't really have a change in the way that those games are played until you get to 3d because now you're not typing out everything that you're doing right it's it's the visual representation versus the physical 3d character yeah like now i'm now I'm not saying go north. Now I'm walking north, and I'm not saying pick up that bag. I'm picking up that bag. Right. Um, I guess from a coding standpoint, it's not particularly different, but from an experience standpoint, it's absolutely uh, very different. Yeah, and for some people, it was life changing. <laughs> like it's a huge difference. Yeah. So one of the one of the first games that you you have that kind of bridges that gap is uh, the original Neverwinter. Um, like now a lot of people will know Neverwinter as an MMO from the Neverwinter MMO that is currently in existence. But way back, I think in the early nineties, you had an AOL version. Um, and it's really funny to see because it, it looks like, you know, like an original Ultima game, like not Ultima online, but like, you're still saying go North, go West. Like you can kind of move, but it's real shitty pixel art. Um, and it's real funny to look at that and realize how much money people were paying to play that game. Right. Because you're paying for, you know, back then you're not just paying for internet. You're paying per minute that you're on the internet. And then you're playing a subscription fee to play this shitty pixel game. But that's one of the first real, I guess, 3D-ish environments that you kind of have. It's still entirely 2D, but it gave you the idea of 3D. And I don't really think you get to real 3D until you get to uh, Meridian 59, which is not a great game, but I'm really upset that that never gets talked about more because I think if I had played Meridian 59 when it first came out, I would have been in love. I probably would have, like, I probably would have started working on building games earlier. Yeah, and so here's a so here's one of the discussions I definitely wanted to have is that over time, there are certain things in the MMORPG realm that have been lost. Uh, a lot of it is because MMOs, especially because they need to bring in money, is all about how do we make sure this is good for everybody? You know, can a 13-year-old play it? Can an 80-year-old play it? You know, can you get your mom and dad into this? You're not going to do that if it's confusing and hard to play, right? But if you go back to Meridian 59, when I first played this game, and I think it was like three years ago, like it's fairly recent. 
one of the first things I realized is I go up and talk to an NPC, and he I, he asked me a question like, "Oh, you know, what are you looking for?" Like, great. How do I respond? Because I'm used to having options or boxes or keywords or something. And like, no, the NPC just talks to me, and I actually have to type out a response. Well, and that was, and that so was me a... and the NPC are having an actual conversation, right. which I thought, and that was kind of an, a development in the second wave of those games, is they started introducing keywords, where it yeah, would like well, highlight and... a word, but the original games didn't have that because they didn't know there was no yeah. user experience information. Right. Like they started using the, the the idea of keywords like that became a thing. Um, but even like just because you didn't have it highlighted, just because it wasn't holding your hand, there was a really weird, you know, and, and great immersion quality to the fact that I'm having a real conversation with an NPC like it's another player. And so you kind of start blurring the lines between who is an NPC and who's a player character. Um, and you don't see that kind of immersion in games anymore, and that really bugs the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, I'm still in awe about it, and that game doesn't look like it's changed at all since, you know, the mid-90s. So and why the hell has this game got something that's so wonderful that no other game has? So that brings up, uh, this is kind of derailing us again, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Um, how do you feel about games like Anthem? Is that an MMO? Mm. Because it's got technically a persistent world. It's got like a world map. I don't know. It's got a story. It's got we items. Played it, we played that very briefly, but that game is almost identical to Destiny. And so that brings up the same question. Well, and I, I think Destiny's a fair argument too, because it's definitely got a persistent world. Um it it's got itemization, it's got leveling for items and characters. It's got a skill tree. Like, I, I feel like it ticks all the boxes, but it still doesn't feel like an MMO. It really doesn't, but it kind of is. I, I don't think you can disqualify it on a technical level. Yeah. I, I really don't. It's got the I hub get... world. It's got the parties. It's got clans. It's got literally everything that an MMO is. It's it's definitely the gray area. Like I, I think I the instancing is the thing. I don't consider it one, but I wouldn't definitively say that it isn't. <laughs> I... In my heart, it's not one, but yeah. in my brain, it is one. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Like it, it does not feel like an MMO, but you know what? At the end of the day, you got to fly to the planet and get the quest and do it daily, and it's got dailies, and it's an MMO. <laughs> it's 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 an MMO. You've got it, it ticks all the boxes. <laughs> it's got the grind. Yeah. Like it, it's got whether the story. it's good or not, that's up for discussion. But I I think. I don't think you can disqualify that, and I don't think you can disqualify Anthem. I think Anthem is closer to being disqualified. Actually, I think um, that's probably closer than Destiny. But I, I actually think... is heavily uh, instanced. I mean, the hub world... Let's be honest. The hub world is persistent and does have progression. It does. It's also useless and unnecessary. You could replace the entire hub world with menus and you the game make, would actually be so better. <laughs> here's the problem is you could make the same argument for Guild Wars. It actually uh, works exactly like Guild Wars. And I don't like that. I, <laughs> I don't I, I don't like the fact that that's true. I think I disagree but with functionally, that. Functionally, I think it's the same. 
I functionally it's very close. I think the difference is in Guild Wars it feels like it needs to be there, right? You go there. See, I don't agree. That's that's the town that you're defending. That's where everybody is. That's where I don't all the like guilds it. are, which is the point of the game. That that's uh, the it, same it feels, as Anthem. It feels necessary as to where the hub world and destiny doesn't feel necessary. It feels like it's just See, there. I I think the difference is you don't care about those characters. I don't think it's I don't no, think I from a design perspective it's an issue. I think it's I, a I think it's a lore perspective. You actually have some interest in the characters and the lore of Guild Wars. Whereas no, like I, Anthem and I Destiny, interest... I don't I don't give a shit about any of those people in the town or their quests. I well look, I don't just not care about the characters, right? Like Zavala, I fucking hate. <laughs> right. You actively dislike you know, some of them. I, I am that. invested in that character, maybe not in a positive way, but I do care. And I love Cade. Who doesn't fucking love Cade? You right. know? So I don't know. Like the, the story of Destiny was good. The gameplay here's loop the thing. bugs the crap out of me, but like I was invested, and even still, I didn't feel like the tower at all was ne- like if you were just in space. Yeah, if you never you went to the tower, it wouldn't matter. And there were some audio dialogue, and then you went into an instance battle. Like if you well, just removed the tower, is well, it still an MMO? And does the tower need to be there? Like, is you, it necessary? You could say the game? same thing about Guild Wars, though. What if it was just a list of menus and you were in a generic town that was single player? Okay, so here's the difference. Like it doesn't matter. If you remove if you remove the hub from Guild Wars, is it still an MMO? Um I mean I, I think it's a gray area. I think some people will say yes and some people would say you're, no. You're, you're still going on an adventure, you've got the story, you're still picking up loot and you're leveling up. It's still got that feel, and although you know what it doesn't have, though, you know what what? it doesn't have, the massively multiplayer, because it's never massive. It's it's limited. At best, it's a limited multiplayer RPG. An LMO. You got me there. You've got me there. You know what I I mean? Like I I feel like it, it actually it misses that one major component, which is the massively multiplayer. But but I guess my point was also same question for Destiny, right? If you remove the tower, is it an MMO? It still checks a lot of I, boxes. I but don't it really doesn't no. feel like an MMO, right? No, I, I think you're absolutely right, and that's my point. Is I, I feel like those both fall in that gray area of instanced MMOs are kind of their own thing. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I still feel like you know if what I, I will Guild say Wars though. Without the hub, it would okay. still feel like an MMO to me. As so there is the hub from Destiny. It just feel like a shooter. Actually, there's one major difference where I feel like maybe Destiny stays an MMO and Guild Wars doesn't. Okay. The fact that you run into other players in the persistent world. If I load into Earth or Mars, there are people doing public events then you are experiencing a massively multiplayer universe in guild wars you will actually never run into other players if you don't load into the instance with them Mm. yeah i I feel kind of gross saying that but but you're it's actually true i disagree with you a (laughs) hundred percent i feel terrible about it agree with you on because you're right Like, I, I actually feel like an instanced MMO is almost, it, it's kind of the same thing as, like, playing a Diablo game. 
I mean, there's really Guild not Wars a lot of difference there. Playing Guild Wars One is a lot like playing a private WoW server that only you're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, Lord of the Rings does have an MMO still, and it's actually getting a overhaul next year. Um, it's called Lord of the Rings Online, and it was originally I, I, called The Shadows of Agamar. I would like to see that that is very good because I fucking hated that game. A hundred percent. I that also game. hated that game. And I never liked Lord of the Rings that much. I thought it was fine. I thought it was acceptable. <laughs> like, Lord of the Rings is it, one of it those was fun to really... watch once. <laughs> I, I really picked and I know up... people are mad at me right now. No, I, I totally picked up anything Lord of the Rings because of my dad. Like, the whole reason I'm into Star Trek, D&D, all that is because my dad is a massive fucking nerd. Yeah. Um, and so he got me because he was really into the Hobbit. He was really into Tolkien growing up, all that shit. And he tried to get me into it. And then I watched the movies and I tried reading the Hobbit book, which as soon as you get to like chapter two and the dwarf starts singing, I, I don't care. Um, I like know, the Hobbit movies bad. more than the Lord of the Rings movies. I didn't really watch the Hobbit movies. I watched the first one and I realized I still didn't care. I, I got to the same part. They I got were, to the part they were the more fun. And I didn't care. They were more <laughs> fun to watch is the only difference. Yeah, the Lord of the Ring movies were really fucking slow. The Hobbit movies were closer to like a Disney movie where there's like singing and bits. Yeah. Which I, I, I hate singing, but yeah. um, I hate musicals. But it yep. was slightly more entertaining than people walking and shrugging at each other. I would really like, if you haven't seen it, uh, another side <laughs> note, I'd really like you to watch Dr. Horrible's uh, sing-along vlog. Uh, it's it's a 30-minute movie, like it's a real breeze to get through. And I fucking hate musicals, but I love that movie. I mean, and I'll I, check it out. You have to send it to me and remind me tomorrow. I will absolutely do that. I want to rewatch it myself. I, mostly because the characters in it, right? Because you've got Neil Patrick Harris. Hmm. You've got Nathan Fillion. I, and you've got What's-Her-Face from the Guild. I by the way, I, I think I have our next topic of discussion after oh. this uh, MMO thing. I think this is going to turn into a two-part series. Yeah, it's absolutely. We're not even out of months um, yet. So, yeah. But I, I feel like we need to talk about Starship Troopers at length. I have to rewatch that. Yeah. I, I've had a real time. urge to watch Starship, Starship Troopers again. Um, I never liked it, but, you know, if you put Neil Patrick Harris in something, I'll watch it. it it's not good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm saying it was, it's, it, it's a fascinating theory. Um, and I, I remember in college when, I, what was it called, like Marauders or something like that? The fourth or fifth movie came out. Um. The hype was that you got to see Casper Van Dien's dong in a shower scene. <laughs> Whatever happened to nudity in movies? Um, the internet. I feel like that just that just kind of stopped. But no, the internet's a terrible argument because we all know the internet's for porn. Okay, no that that is actually that's actually my argument though is the internet made porn like it made it not impactful everybody had access to it so it was not a big deal anymore so when people did it it was detrimental to their career and it in no way was beneficial so everybody quit doing it see i don't blame the internet i blame the 90s because sure. as much as we want to say that we're full of social justice warriors now 
I feel like that's only because people do not remember what happened in the 90s. Because in the 90s, like, that's the first time Tom and Jerry becomes a violent cartoon. Right. Right? Everybody, nobody had a problem with their kids watching Tom and Jerry. And then all of a sudden, you got all these, these you know, helicopter parents coming out. I don't want my kid watching that. That's too violent. Tom and Jerry, what are you talking about? Oh, Just Tom and fair, Jerry was, like, wildly it's, violent. It's wildly violent. But I grew up watching it, and I never thought about that. You know? Right. <laughs> like, it never occurred to me that literally shooting a missile at someone was a bad thing yeah (laughs) at no point watching tom and jerry as a five-year-old did i want to go grab an oversized mallet and try to hit somebody in the head with it you know what and more practical things like all the time they would like tie a fucking cinder block to somebody's leg and drop them in a lake and it's like yeah this is fine this is okay (laughs) yeah so i and i kind of feel like that's where because if you look at like 80s horror movies right you got nudity all over the place and then he gets to the 90s. That was half the appeal, it, right? Like, yeah. People would be like, oh, they're going to get stabbed, but look at that titty. That was actually one of the critiques of the last Jason movie, because I was reading about this, because we've been playing Friday the 13th, and they were panning it because they're like, why is there no nudity in here? Like, that's kind of a staple of horror movies, and especially Jason movies. Right. And it's not in here. And that that's what got me thinking about that, is like, whatever, what did happen to that? Like, I... I feel like it was pretty common to see it was like, some it was form like a staple, in a movie. It was kind of a, one of the tropes of the slasher movies. Right. Yeah, because look, you always have to have the hot girl that dies naked or mostly naked at some point. You know, if she's not taking a shower, she's in a bathing suit. Yeah. At the, at side the very note, least. Total side note, and we don't need to discuss this at all. Side side, side note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my... <laughs> My third side note here. Um, <laughs> the only slasher movie that I, I actively love is actually called Cry Wolf. I, I feel like I watched that with Butters at some point. It, it's, a, it's more of like a psychological thriller. And I would say it's more of a thriller than a, a slasher flick. I'm not enough into horror movies to... But it's to like a psychological, like piece on slasher flicks um and i i ended up watching it because i was hanging out with some friends in high school and we went with somebody for their birthday um to the mall and we were all bored and they were like oh let's go watch a movie and i'm like okay and we got there and the only thing playing was cry wolf and i'm like i under no circumstances want to watch this movie i hate all of you <laughs> and I made them pay for me. Like I was like, I am not going to pay to watch something I actively hate. And they were right. like, okay, well, we'll pay for you. And I was like, okay, but I'm going to get up and leave. <laughs> and I ended up with that being like one of my favorite movies. I so, I kind of want to watch more horror movies. Like I always like the I, zombie I flicks, right? I like but... zombie flicks, but I don't feel like they're horror movies. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with you because they are kind of their own thing but like you know i never liked horror movies either and then i started playing the friday the 13th movie and realizing i don't know what the hell anything in this game is i don't know what's going on so i went back and watched the jason movies and i actually really like the jason movies i'm a big fan now i've watched i've tried watching nightmare on elm street i don't give a shit about that i've watched the saw movies i don't give a shit about those i Um, i had to go watch a saw movie on a date and i was like why would anyone bring their date to this so 
I did that. And the first Saw movie that came out, I was with my was friend like Saw Aaron. Three. <laughs> or four. Do what? It was like Saw 3 or 4 that I saw on a date. Yeah, no, so I saw the first one and I was with I was with my friend Aaron and this and some girl from school that had a crush on me and I didn't know if I really liked her or not, but she was kind of hot, so I was seeing where that was going to go. Um and I realized one of the reasons I hate horror movies is because people that get into that, and she she was one of the people that really got into horror movies, you know, every time something would happen, she would jump or scream and, like, you know, it was an excuse to, like, you know, grab onto me and shit like that. And I, I'm just sitting here watching, and I'm like, did something happen yet? You know, you know? I, I don't know <laughs> if that's, I don't know if that's, like, a desensitized thing, but I have, I have no, so I am on record over and over and over on this podcast saying that I have zero interest in horror movies because they're not interesting. Yeah. You don't get scared. I don't, I am not, I am literally never scared by them. I am annoyed by the idiocy of the actors. Um, I think it's because we play, I think it's because we play video games because I'll be honest. One of the reasons I don't like horror games is because they do kind of freak me out, and that's not usually that fun for me. See, I get nothing out of horror games. They're supposed to be, like, scary. I'm not ever scared, but I'm very annoyed because I'm like, look at this dumb bitch. She can't even catch me, and I don't have a weapon. Give me <laughs> give me a fucking knife. Well, give, see, so you know, give me a shovel, the... and I will beat this stupid slow bitch to death. Like, yeah, it, it kind of depends on irritated. what the game is. Like, for instance, Silent Hill 2, that game freaks me out. I, I no, really like that I, game. I think there's a good case for things that are atmospherically scary. Yes. Like, there, there's a good case for that. I don't think there's a good case for games like Fear. I don't no. think there's a good case for games like Resident Evil being a scary game. I think it's a fine game. I don't want to play it because I think it's fucking irritating to try to play that with its shitty control scheme. Oh, yeah, tank controls are awful. But I, I appreciate Resident Evil not for its gameplay. I appreciate Resident Evil for its storyline because it's got that whole, sure. you know, weird, yeah. futuristic, biological warfare thing going on, which I, I, I find. Love, I love the I like Umbrella Corporation. The I love the T-Virus idea. I love the Nemesis yeah. Project. I love the lore behind it. Sure. But fuck you if you think I'm scared of that bullshit because it's a video game, you motherfucker. Yeah, it's, it's not, not me scary. in the video game. I don't give a shit. No, that game wasn't as scary as it was menacing, right? The liquors weren't scary. No. Mr. X or whatever wasn't scary. They were intimidating. You're like, oh, crap, I, I have to get around this corner because this giant motherfucker is going to grab me. No, but if you, you know, want you something, s- out, if you want you something know? scary in a game, put loot boxes in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like put something Real financially devastating <laughs> to the populace in your video game. That's that's a true horror game. Um, (laughs) but like when people are like oh man i that jump scare really got me maybe i'm desensitized or my soul is gone i don't know but when there's a jump scare my reaction is either like "Hmm," or oh i'm gonna kill that like for me give me a shotgun and i'm not afraid of anything jump scares are all over the place right and i feel like jump scares are just cheap like yeah i might scream or something that's really more of a surprise not really like it's not that i'm scared that's the thing is it's not even it's not even fun for me or the people watching me the jump scares don't get me i don't react 
I don't react heavily. And I, I don't, I don't really... react at all. Like, I've so... had people actively try to jump scare me in real life. Oh, no, I just want to kick them or punch them. Like, my I, first I reaction in fact, did punch out of one thing. of them. Um, but no, I think but the no, build-up it, is important, and nobody does. Like, the reason I like watching... is the thing. Yeah, the you reason need... I like people wa- watching people play Five Nights at Freddy's is not because of the jump scare. The jump scare is the, the part that you like You like right. watching people fail because and, of that. And that's why I and think... that stressful like, build-up leading to it. Kyle After Dark, which, shout-out to Kyle After Dark's Twitch stream. Go over there and follow him. He's fantastic. Um, I, I will watch his horror streams because I enjoy watching him get actively angry at the chat for making yep. him play a horror game. And then screaming when a jump scare happens because he knows that it's going to happen and yeah. getting his responses. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> like he, the reason I like he's watching angry that he play. knows it's going to happen. It doesn't really scare him. I don't, I don't think like, I don't think he's actually afraid of that. It's not um, afraid. It's it, just, it's just it, funny it's to see reaction. his visceral reaction. Yeah. It's just, an, it's the same thing that I have. It's like a natural reaction to the jump scare. That's why I like Jacksepticeye and Markiplier playing Five Nights at Freddy's because like, they'll get a little like, who, and then fuck you. God damn it. Motherfucker. Like, I love, I, I love that shit. You know, the people that just, yeah, you know, like there's a jump scare and then they like fly out of their seat and they start screaming at, eh, like know, the thing that, like that. the thing that gets that reaction from me is like when I'm playing world of warships and somebody gets a Citadel on me and takes out like three quarters of my health with one shell and i'm like you motherfucker like it's not it's never something scary it's something that's shocking it doesn't have to be scary to be shocking yeah i i don't really i don't go for i I guess i just get straight salty at games like that like we've been playing dead by daylight i don't get scared in dead by daylight (laughs) i get salty as shit butters can absolutely attest. you know how salty i can get in games Oh yeah, no. She actually said the other night, uh, <laughs> "You're you're getting to be like Dan with Dead by Daylight." I'm like, "Oh, I realize." <laughs> but, but with Overwatch, I, I yes, yeah, yeah. No, that same level of salt. I'm I'm having that with that game. I well, and that's the thing is, is, it's just like a resignation. It's like I I expect this, and I'm disappointed by you. Yes, <laughs> it's not like the spanking. It's like the the dreaded. I'm very disappointed in you from your parents. Well, I think with that, with Dead by Daylight and with Friday the 13th, they're both the same, is that if you are playing against players that are good and we're not, um, you know, we're, we played like three games in a row where I died in the first minute of the game, and then I have to wait for the game to end. And so it's like, cool, I spent 45 minutes not playing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that, me that's very salty. Honestly, that's why I quit playing League of Legends. Um I don't like committing 45 minutes of my time that's completely dependent on, you know, four or five other people. And whether or not the problem is it would be different if all of them had to decide to be trolls and throw the game. But it literally can come down to one person had one thing go wrong and somebody didn't like their painting. So they gassed all of them. Like, <laughs> it literally comes See, down to one person could like have angry diarrhea and have to run to the bathroom and now we we wasted 45 minutes i guess that doesn't bother me like i don't get salty with overwatch because as long as i at least get to play it i don't care with dead by daylight if you die in the first minute 
you're still waiting 10 minutes before you can do anything again because you don't respawn you don't come back right and so like i don't want to play a game that i don't get to play i i feel like that there's no point like if it's 45 minutes and we just fucking lose the entire time great fantastic don't care i would rather minutes and i don't even get to walk around see and i i think that's part of like what i grew up with because like i can play counter-strike and it's like okay it's a five minute round if i die in the first 30 seconds and i have to watch my teammates struggle for like three minutes it's not that big of a deal because at least i'm figuring out what the enemy's doing and etc um you know, I don't even like Counter-Strike, but I feel like that's still more interesting to watch when you die. Right. There, there's stuff going on. It's a shorter time period. It's like five minutes, right? Whereas yeah. like League of Legends, I feel like even if like my character is respawning and shit, I may as well not be playing those 45 minutes because I already know the outcome. There's nothing that's going to affect it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I don't bother because when that happens, I just in any game, pick a game, I go full Leroy Jenkins. Like we're gonna lose at some so point, though it doesn't matter. Asshole. Well, yeah. that's the thing though is like you can you can go Leroy and it it turns out exactly like that, but twenty six times and the enemy gets stronger every time is the problem there. There's a yeah. there's a true snowball effect. That's true. Um, yeah, in that game, it's kind of a big problem. Whereas like in CS:GO, you can lose in the first. 30 seconds of every match and it just resets to zero as soon as you get to yeah the next match. It, it doesn't really make the enemy team that much stronger if they get one extra kill like it's not good they but it's not like game changing yeah like you can like definitely might, still win they might have a better gun now but right. you can still kill them with your gun right like there's plenty of times when you see people do an econ round where they're everybody on the team runs pistols and wins like it, it definitely happens. Whereas like in league of legends, if your team loses, like if everybody dies four times, you may as well abandon the game because there's literally zero chance you're going to win because they got a bunch of gold. And now instead of like, Oh, the next round, they have some extra money. It's every round. They have max money for the rest of the game. I actually, uh, I yelled at Gary the other day because Every time he's online, all he plays is Heroes of the Storm, and I keep telling him I want to play games with him, and he needs to play a better game. Because <laughs> I don't want to fucking play a MOBA. I don't want to play a MOBA so bad. I, I'm i anxious to try out TFT again. I feel like it should be interesting after the Poppy nerf. Yeah, now we get to see what the new meta is we that's going to frustrate us all hell. I, I didn't look into it, but I saw some some Twitter stuff about there being a new meta. So, of course, there is. of course, so, that's how that game like, works. Within ten minutes of the new patch, someone figured out the new meta, um, because that game is incredibly simplistic. So um, you know, the worst thing to ever happen to video games in the modern era is people who are good at math. Fuck people who are good at yeah. math. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like counting cards. <laughs> it's like that's why they figure out what the new meta is right away they're like oh well you adjusted all these numbers so according to my well, calculations you know what, though, this works now honestly though fuck the developers because they can count cards like it shouldn't be able to be i'm gonna force poppy and it'll work like that shouldn't work if you have to force it like sure if it happens like let's say you get super lucky and you end up with a gold poppy and you're able to build her perfectly because you got perfect items one out of a hundred games great but the problem is they allow it to be common enough to be forced they should have 10 times the number of items 
I think a lot of it comes down to, though, when you have enough variables, it becomes very hard to make the math work out into a way where nobody can. There's know, always there's always going to be somebody getting fucked over. And honestly, I'm OK with a bunch of people getting shitty roles as long as it's everybody getting pretty comparable roles. Like some are getting like shit on a little worse. The yeah. problem is when everybody can say I'm going to do the same thing and it removes any of that randomness. I, I don't like the way they do that, but I just mean with with building these meta builds, like figuring out that you can make Poppy almost invincible, right? It's not quite the same, but I feel like you have similar experiences in like World of Warcraft, for instance, where you had uh, the, the You plague. had the Paladin bubbles. Well, no, no. I meant like just people f- looking at the game, the way that it's coded and figuring out, well, if I do this, then. No, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The Paladin you know? bubble. So you could bubble and hearth before the bubble ended. It, it made your Paladin literally unkillable. Well, but then you also had people that figure out other little things like, oh, like, well, because, plague, yeah. like on, on the same same spectrum, if this ability works like this and this ability works like this, then I can go into this instance, get this disease, then hearth out and spread that disease. And then you get the World of Warcraft plague, which was honestly probably one of the funnest experiences I've ever had in World of Warcraft. I'm going to be honest. I'll, I'll be honest as well. That That was a very cool interaction. Yeah, I, when I logged on and I just saw dead people in every direction, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I, I remember logging like a in. regular world, right? It's like walking in into your town, and your town yeah. is the same every day, and then suddenly you walk into town, and everybody's on fire, and you're like, um, what, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, 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 Frank, you can, you can go for a break, man. Um, but yeah, I, I remember logging into Orgrimmar and That's where I was. seeing just every, like, just literally the floor was corpses. It was all skeletons. And I was like, man, what the hell happened? And I like ran out and went to Razor Hill or whatever I was doing. Like I was a low level character and I was just like, oh, that's cool. Like I, it, it never occurred to me that there was anything going on. And I just went about my, my daily questing. Like it didn't have any impact on me whatsoever. Um, and then I remember coming back from like questing and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I got to go back and turn this quest in or whatever and getting a disease and be like, how the fuck did I get a disease? What the hell? I was so confused and I had to go and research it to actually figure out what happened. Um, and it, it's really cool in retrospect to have been part of a plague, which is very topical and unfortunate. So, Bringing us back around to to our actual topic here, one of the other things that I think MMOs are are have been trying to bring back, and they have not been very good at it, but that early MMOs like Ultima were very famous for, was having real community events. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and World of Warcraft has tried and that, and rip, it's really rip most fucking come down to that, like community, Warhammer like Online. Like the Warhammer what? Online was like focused on that shit. Like that was their their claim to fame were the public events, and they were so well done. Yeah, and like everybody copied them for that, and nobody did it as well. Despite the fact they straight up said like this is a great idea, we're going to do it in our game. Nobody got it right. Um, I think everyone tried to make it more standard and formulaic. Like if you look at World of Warcraft, you've got the look calendar. at like the look at Final Fantasy here, fourteen. 
Final Fantasy yeah. 14 is a great example where they have the event. I, I've, it's, it's a public event. I forget what it's called. Um, the fates or fate. Yeah. You run into the area and it's like, Oh, you joined a fate and like, Hey, your levels changed to match the local area. Like that's a smart idea. The problem is nobody cares or wants to participate because it's a waste of their time. Yeah, like back in the days of Ultima, you have like, okay, well, if you look at the news bulletin, like it wasn't a premeditated thing, at least not to the player. Right. It's like, oh, well, this person, like Lord blah, 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 is in this town. And if you travel there, there's like a hundred people and you can do trading and there's festivals. And it was just kind of, a, it always felt like a spur of the moment kind of thing as to where now everything works a little more like real life where it's like, this is president's day. We celebrate on this day. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, well, I already know what's happening. So, eh. right. So we should probably get back to our timeline, right? Yeah. So we had, uh, we had some games like muds and like, you know, we had some, some RPGs of some sort, some massively multiplayer stuff going on. People were playing doom and quake. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we started seeing some stuff on, like, PlayStation 2 with, like, Dot .hack sign, um, Fantasy Star Online, um, and then some first-person shooters and third-person shooters like SOCOM on the PlayStation. Oh, um, fuck, I forgot about SOCOM. That started using the internet adapters where they would let you plug in an Ethernet cord and play online. Did you ever have one of those? I did. I played my first uh, PlayStation game was SOCOM and it was terrible. I think yep. I played like five rounds and I was like, this is the stupidest bullshit I've ever seen in my life. Because it, barely, it was barely worked, experience. honestly. Um, the lag was terrible. Like it barely worked because everybody's internet was garbage. Well, that and there's and the adapter there's no, was like there's no range. Functional. There's no range. There's no bullet drop and it's all SWAT. And there's no so matchmaking. Like, it's just literally like we found five players, put them together. Yeah, and I just got annoyed because it was like you could take any weapon, take the starter pistol, and if you mm-hmm. hit somebody in the kneecap, they're just dead. And you could do it from across the yeah. map because there's no bullet drop, there's no range limits. Right. So it, literally if anybody sees you, you just die. And I was like, this isn't fun. You can't even use yeah, any strategy. No, it, this is it stupid. Was, it was terrible. And I, I remember I was working at a Hollywood video at the time. Um, so I was able to rent anything I wanted for free. And that was when, uh, fantasy star online came out and I tried it out and I was like, man, this is really cool. Um, and my boss was actually a, um, final fantasy. What was that game? 11 player. 11. Yeah. And he's like, Hey man, I'll take the boat to the starter area. Here's my name go download this game and let's play and i joined him and i know i never played uh fantasy star online again and i played uh final fantasy with him until he went to jail because he was selling crack out of the movie store that we were working at lovely story love it yeah Um, so turns out people people would come up and be like yo dude i want to rent uh you know, Mary Poppins or whatever the fuck video was. And he would slip a, you know, bag of Coke into their, uh, into the DVD movie, case yeah, into their movie yeah. rental. 
and that's also the story of how I became an assistant manager at uh, Hollywood Video after working there for three weeks. That's actually exactly how I became the uh, assistant manager of Vitamin World, to be honest. <laughs> Fantastic. At we least vitamins, somebody, that makes sense, right? There, were, there was somebody there that was like taking because uh, there's certain products you can buy at vitamin store which you can use to like you know cut with other drugs and stuff like that or to make other drugs mm-hmm. and so he was just stealing them and and giving them out to people outside the store and they caught on to it that, and then they were like yeah. well there's nobody else here so right. i guess do you want to be assistant manager and i was like yeah sure <laughs> like i like that it's assistant manager there's no other employee but would you like to be the assistant to the nobody well, we had the so we had the manager. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. wait, how? <laughs> no. So the way that it worked, there was only ever four people, right? So it's it's the manager and the assistant manager, and then you have the two regular employees. And the week that I started working there, uh, or like a week or two after, the manager got sick, like almost died, level sick. Oh, like she was funny. in the hospital for weeks, and that was the only person that was there to train me. And probably yeah. the only intelligent person in the building. So I am i don't know shit about health. I don't know shit about vitamins. And I'm like, well, fuck. I don't know what to do now. And her only advice was like, eh, fuck it. Just read the bottles to them. Don't get what I got. <laughs> so, <laughs> Solid advice. So she she's out for a couple of weeks because she's in and out of the hospital. The one guy gets fired because they, they, they caught him. The regional caught him stealing. Yeah. And then they took the assistant manager and moved her to another store that was opening. So now it went from four people working at a store to me. Honestly, the <laughs> the know? only reason that people didn't steal when I worked at Hollywood Video was because we didn't have to. They were like, you can just take home whatever you want for free, like rent for free. So you could just, you could effectively steal, but eventually bring it back. Yeah. So it was like a rental with no due date. And the only the only thing was you couldn't rent something for two weeks after it came out, but you could rent it. We got stuff two weeks early. So like I saw every movie like two weeks before it came out. And I really, really love that shit. So I also have to say GameStop did the same thing. And this yeah. as much as I hate GameStop, I didn't I liked working at my GameStop because I liked the people. But I hated GameStop the corporation, and as as a customer, I still hate GameStop as a corporation. But one of the best things that they ever did, and I think they still do this, is if you work there, uh, it was the same rules. You couldn't rent a game that you know had just come out. You had to wait for it to be out for a little bit. Um, but you could rent any game in the store if it wasn't a hot item, mm-hmm. uh, and you could only rent it for about a week. But then you could just bring it back in and be like, hey, it still exists. You know, I didn't sell it. Right. And then just rent it again. And the whole point was like, we want you to be knowledgeable about the product. So if you can rent any game in the store and you rent a bunch of them, then you'll have a lot of knowledge on these different games. Uh, And that that's a that's a great system. And I imagine it's the same for the video store, because you want the people working at the video store to know about movies. If they're going to tell people about movies. Yeah. And, you know, we have this customer that would come in every week, like on release day. And he'd be like, he he knew my name. Like, he, we had a rapport. Like, I hated the guy because he was a pain in my ass. Um, but you were the guy that knew how to deal with him. Yeah. You know? And, like, well, I was the only one that was ever there. Like, I legitimately was the only employee for, like, two months. 
um, because no one would work there. But this guy would come in and be like, hey, what's new this week? And I, he, he would demand that I walk him around the wall. Like, you know how movie stores, like rentals, like blockbusters, they have the wall where you walk around. It's all the new releases. Yep. And I'd have to walk him around the fucking entire store and be like, this is, you know, fucking wedding crashers. These two douchebags crash weddings and drink and pretend that they know the bride and it's a comedy. Oh, I don't. And he'd be like, I don't like that. I I want something that's more serious. And I'd have to describe every fucking new movie to this guy. And it got to the point where I was having to watch every single movie to the point where I didn't have time because we would have like 20 new releases in a week. So I just started like remembering like the the basically the cliff's notes of these movies like I'd watch a trailer and be like oh you know fucking Pearl Harbor happened and you know these guys got in their jets and fought these guys and you know what I mean just like the most basic description from the back of the box um, yeah, well, and that's and that that's a that's a great trick in retail too. Like that's something that I learned from Vitamin World, which was just like you know, my manager was like, "You don't need to know anything about vitamins." And I'm like, "Well, right. how the hell do I sell people shit then?" Like, people are too stupid to read. Like, literally, just pick up the bottle and read it to them. Right. And it is surprising how well that works. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty <laughs> it's much. Also, why I don't ask for help at all when I go into a store because, because you I know better. <laughs> all the employees going to do is pick up the thing and read it like i went to best buy about i think this was when i was looking for a new computer and i wasn't going to get a custom one at first so i was just going to go to best buy and buy one right they've got gaming computers sure and i go to the the kid that's working there and i'm looking i they have got the little list of all the specs and i'm like does it have this or this in it and so he comes up and he looks at the specs that are there and reads them off to me and i'm like <laughs> yeah i, I read that too I also read that. Yeah. It didn't answer my question. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, ah, I know what kind of employee you are. It's like, can I help you with anything right. else? Clearly not. <laughs> Obviously no is the answer here. It's a very definite no. No. Uh, and, huh. and and you know what? I, I don't blame them because I don't expect somebody to work at a Best Buy and know the details of every TV, of every gaming PC, of every hard drive, you know, that would be like, that would be like demanding that I know the details of every Apple phone. I just don't give a shit. There's two problems that I have. One Best Buy is one of those places where they divide it up into sections, right? Right. So generally if your Best Buy is run correctly, which who knows how many of them are, none of them are. if If you're working in the computer section, that's it. And they don't have that many computers. So like, the problem is about the couple of products you, you know have. what the problem is though anybody that's interested enough to ask for like detailed information on a pc is not gonna buy it at best buy you're right and i found that out very quickly because i did my own research on them and that's why i didn't do that that that's what i'm saying is like they're not they don't want that person there they want to actively deter that person because all that's gonna happen is somebody is forced into buying one from them because of circumstances well and they end up with a issue and they leave a shitty review and they're angry 
and now they have a bad customer experience with a bad Google review and a bad review on their website. And yeah. hey, can we delete Google reviews? Like it's it's the customer they would rather have not spend money at their store. So I, I actually got into a fight with, with my dad when my mom was looking for a new laptop because she went to Best Buy and she talked to my dad because my dad's always worked with computers. And she's like, oh, I, need a, I need a new laptop. What should I get? And, you know, Best Buy and my dad are trying to sell her, like, you know, these high-end Dells and, uh, you know, HP computers with you know, unnecessary specs. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, what do you do again? She's like, check my email, you know, play boggle on a browser game and i'm like cool here's an asus it costs nothing that's what you need yeah i bought my mom a chromebook four or five years ago and she's still using it and it's fucking fantastic yeah and it costs two hundred dollars what what i need in a computer is not what my mom needs in a computer like your mom needs a cell phone with a bigger screen and a keyboard basically yes that's a chromebook yeah that's why i bought my mom a chromebook well, my mom does a lot of her, she does a lot more work on a computer. Uh, like, for instance, my mom's very big into finances, and she does spreadsheets after spreadsheets. So having an actual laptop versus well, a Chromebook kind of made sense. My mom does too, but I set her up with Google Sheets. All of her stuff is on the cloud, so she can't fucking accidentally delete it. Well, and I think my my mom also got a job as a typist, like back when the government was operating on typewriters. Right. So I think having something that at least resembles a typewriter a little more is easier for her. Sure. Yeah. No, uh-huh. no, a Chromebook is definitely a, a step away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would tell her to get a Chromebook if she was going to start reading books that way, but she's very traditional and, you know, wants to hold the actual paper, which. So, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go grab one last beer and I want to get through at least the modern MMOs and maybe okay. we'll go through the current era on our next show okay uh, yeah so i'm gonna grab a beer real quick we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we're gonna talk about the early mmos and the modern era um okay. I, I think we should talk about everquest and then probably break into final fantasy yeah and i was gonna say uh, everquest is where i wanted to start for sure so uh we'll be back in a couple minutes i'm also gonna step away real quick all right All right, I'm back. <laughs> Little fuck just didn't want to bring his reading glasses to the video store. Yeah, that's probably true. I think people just don't want to read in general whenever possible. Hello. Hello. All right. So starting with everquest um because i i actually tried to play a decent amount of that in the past week you've played more than i have probably ever ever yeah i mean so previously my only experience with everquest it was it started off the same way as this where i was like yeah i just want to see what it's like you know and especially i think the last time i played it it was just like now i was unemployed and was like well this is free right sure um Piece and of i hate it 
I, I, I hated it entirely. I didn't want to give it the time. Like, there was too many other MMOs that I could play. Like, I already had Guild Wars 2, and that doesn't have a subscription, so why the hell would I play EverQuest? Right. But I tried to give it some serious time in the past week. Uh, and once you get used to it, and you move the menus around, and you make it not look like ass... Um, I mean, still surprisingly to be fair, good. when it looks at its best, it still kind of looks like ass. It's not, well, it's not a modern-looking game. Just from a UI perspective. Sure. Like, sure. if you move the UI around to look a little more like modern MMOs, it's not that bad. The character models still suck? Absolutely. Are the animations atrocious? Oh, yeah, they're the worst. Right. But if you can get aside from just how bad the world looks... As far as immersion goes, there's quite a bit in that game. You know, there's a lot of player housing. The world is enormous. The amount of things that you can do is great. And EverQuest, I think, and Meridian 59, I wanted to touch on this earlier, it was kind of the same way, as to where there's not a lot of hand-holding. You know? Like, games now are very linear. Even World of Warcraft is very linear. It doesn't even become kind of open until you've beaten the game and maxed out the level. And in which case, uh, you could do whatever you want, but you're only going to do a couple of things. Because you're max level, why would you go back to a low-level area or anything like that, right? Right. So it's very linear. Go here, then go here, then go here. If you deviate, you're just going to die. As to where EverQuest, like, yeah, there were dangerous areas, but you wouldn't have any idea where they were, and there's no real idea where the hell you're even supposed to be. Um, so when you go into a new area and you need to see a new creature, like, you have to examine it and see if that's something you want to fight or that's definitely something you don't want to fight. Right. Um, I don't know. Just the amount of immersion that's in that game is really high up there, and I really appreciate EverQuest for that. A great deal. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get into EverQuest 2 because of how cartoony it looked. And I feel like EverQuest 1 had a real well, flavor EverQuest to it 2, that modern MMOs just don't really have. EverQuest anymore. 2 had a spectacular failure. Um, everything about that game was kind of the sophomore slump where they tried to do the same thing but upgrade it and it just made everything bad. Yeah, it, it had none of the original charm and all of the original bat. Well, and that's part of what it was, is because, yeah, the graphics are bad, but the way that it works together, the way that they've made the world work with the graphic technology that they had at the time, um, was it, it was just phenomenal. It was yeah. just great. And the fact that that game is still coming out with expansions. Right. I mean, you look at... Uh, it's even coming games, next year. Even games that are... Uh, of of the same age, like take Ultima Online, right? You only get an expansion on Ultima Dude, once every it's three fucking to five terrifying years. that that game has had new versions come out and fail, and new expansions of the original game come out and be massive successes. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, like from a developer standpoint, that is like nightmare fuel. But there's also something great uh, on a financial standpoint with EverQuest, where not only can they put out a new expansion every fucking year and add a shit ton of content... But it costs them nothing to develop it. Yeah, they could do it with, like, three people. Yeah, like, so... they, they spit on a computer and it happened. <laughs> but it also leaves them... Because it it's not that hard 
to program it because it's not that hard to do it. And you've got people that have been doing it for a while. Right. They can push the limits of what they can do. All the time they can try and do, like, what if we did this? Or what if we built a place that was a little more like this? Um, so every area didn't have the I mean, air of I'm, sameness to it. And, and conversely, I'm excited for Unreal Engine 5, which apparently is completely replacing all of the old development. Like, my buddy that works for Riot Games that we were just talking about earlier, he posted a thing today saying, like, I can't believe what they're doing with Unreal Engine 5. It's making all of our jobs irrelevant. Like, Which, to a certain extent, is that's good. coming. That's coming from an artist. Like, he is, he is one of the actual concept artists for Riot. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, the guy that works for an indie developer or something like that. Like, he's legitimately one of the top tier artists in the gaming industry. And he's saying that unreal engine five is making concept art somewhat questionable as far as needing it because like, and I'm not saying that his job is irrelevant. Like his job is, I I don't think it's replaceable. I think he's actually irreplaceable. You still need concepts. So like, right. You but I, what you he's saying is to... like, you can skip the concept and just as a developer, the tools have gotten so good. You can realize your vision without the concept artist's vision on top of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think the, the difference comes in. I mean, you're going to have studios that probably go without concept. You're, sure. you're going to have people that do. And that's what he's saying is like, you're going to have yeah. people that skip the concept art stuff. Yeah. Um, but like that's that's a testament to how incredible development tools have gotten compared to ascii art in muds oh sure you know what i sure. mean like it's just it's it's really fascinating to see where these games have gone and that that brings us from you know going from everquest where you've got incredible gameplay honestly like they had revolutionary gameplay no. ultima tibia the realm even meridian like they all revolutionized the games industry and then we went from there to things like maple story and final fantasy 9 um, yeah or 11 rather sorry not 9 11 um and fantasy star online was a huge deal where you had console mmos and I, I think there's an argument for Fantasy Star being an MMO. Um, I think it is an MMO. It is. But it, it's the same kind of MMO as Guild Wars, the original Guild Wars. I, I think it's that gray area where you've got the hub world and you've got your party. Um, that one's a little different only because the hub world is very necessary in that game. As to where, mm -hmm. you know... we it was the we, first like, game we I... Had... It was we the first game I paid for. Yeah, it was the first game I paid for a subscription to. I get I got the game for free from work, and I still had to spend ten dollars, and that's why I did spend the ten dollars for the month to play it, and I kept it for the whole month. I don't think um, I ever paid a subscription fee until Warcraft in college. Yeah, no, I I, I pay the subscription to Fantasy Star Online. 
and it was incredible it was revolutionary and it changed my view on everything and i was like this is this is the way that games are going to be played from now on like we're not just gonna jump in and select a character and fight like we're we're going to go on adventures over multiple days you know what i mean like to the point where like similar to this podcast we're gonna get to a point where like okay we have to stop (laughs) like biologically we have to stop playing and try again tomorrow you know what i mean yeah that was kind of the beginning of that for me personally we kind of lost something with that though because i think over time when you see every game trying to add some layer of mmo to it we've also seen a complete decline of uh co-op games which that's been most of my gaming experience up till now and it gets really annoying because like i'll have my i'll have my friend kid over and be like hey let's play some games it's like cool so of the 800 steam games i have we have a selection of five so that's never been that i i 100 percent get it don't get me wrong but that's never been a concern of mine because like i grew up where all of my friends lived an hour away like i was out of town I lived in the middle of nowhere and I had no friends locally. So the only time I got to play multiplayer was when I was staying over at a friend's house. And I kind of grew up in the ghetto as a result of that because I was like, no, I want to go stay at my buddy's house. So I'd spend like a whole week. And this is like in the heart of the ghetto. And I'm the only white guy. And I'm like, no, I got next. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like the arcade, like I, I yeah. was, I was legitimately you... fighting to be the next person to play the video game. Like I was in a fist fight to be able to play in the video game fist fight, which is, um, it's really funny. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up, uh, in a ghetto, but near one. And, and you kind of, it's really funny when you listen to people, like, especially people that aren't anywhere near a city. Where they're like, uh, you know, aren't you scared to go there? You're like, it's, it's not even because it's a ghetto, but also because of your skin color. And you're like, right. you realize, especially if you grow up anywhere near that, it's like, eh, if you're not an asshole, it's not really a problem. It is a problem. You know? <laughs> no, your, your skin color is 100% a problem. <laughs> like, they they notice it. I, I never, I have never had an issue with it in Baltimore. Like, we've had a few people, like, there are, uh, I think it's like Nation of Islam people. Who were just like white people are the devil and they need to be destroyed or whatever. But for the most part, I've realized, you know, if you're just chill, like it's not that big a deal. Like you can get by, just don't be a loud asshole. I mean, it wasn't like people were trying to like fight me nonstop. Right. But it was a lot of it it was a lot of like, what the fuck is that guy doing here? You know what I mean? Like a lot of questioning like why I was there, like what the hell's going on? You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't even as much of an issue for me as it was for my friend. You know what I mean? I, I think I've, I've definitely gotten more questioning from cops than I've ever gotten from people of different colors in the no, city. Where, where I was at, the cops didn't come. It was, See, it was, where the, we were at the, cops it was the area where the cops car. did not go into. The cops wouldn't get out of their car where I would go, but they would like, every now and then drive by and be like, Hey, you're white. Why are you here? And it's like, Hey, why are you in my business? Like, no, no they know? never, where I was at, they didn't show up. Like, 
South Bend is South Bend, Indiana is where I was at. And they, they did not show up there in the neighborhoods that I, I hung out with my friends. Um, and you know, it's funny too. Like I, I was chatting with one of my buddies today from high school. Um, he grew up in a, a, a bad part of town. Um, and he was on an MTV show. Like he's, he's kind of a celebrity, like one of those, uh, reality TV celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, he was the guy that was the good guy in a bad situation. Um, and I, it's, it's so funny because I remember growing up and in high school going over and spending the weekend at his house and being like, man, this is fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I went from like the ghetto, like people getting shot and like the bad, the bad stuff that people talk about. You know what I mean? Oh, I've, I've had a few instances where like, I've gone to, to hang out at a friend's house or like we would go to the store and then drive back. And then there's like, someone running down the street yelling at his wife and there's like guns all over the yeah, place yeah people yeah, start no, shooting it's... it's like eh, we'll come back let's let's go away we'll come back it was like <laughs> it was like i grew up kind of going over to friend's house and being the the odd man out like i was the minority as the white <laughs> the, guy the, the token white guy <laughs> i i was legitimately the token white guy um and and one of my friends was a albino and I, I, I legit, I was a dumb kid. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get that confused here. Um, I never made sense of the fact that he was extremely white and his eyes were pink and his entire family was black. It never occurred to me. I no, I was the same way for a long time. Um, I, I didn't get it. And I was just like, oh yeah, no, he's the same as me. Like it never made sense. Like that he was yeah. any different than anyone else. Like I never made, it never made any difference to me that I was white and my friend was black and he was albino. I didn't realize I, there was anything different about any of us. I was just like, Oh yeah, no albino yeah. is totally a thing. Like I have an albino rabbit. Like I legitimately grew up like with an albino rabbit that had pink eyes and a, you know, it had white fur. It, it didn't occur to me like, Hey, this is a thing. So and, I think I've I think I've told you this before, but growing up, because I was so into comic books, like that was one of the first things me and my dad bonded over was comic books. And uh, you know, my elementary school was very diverse. You know, we had Hispanic people, Asian yeah. people, black people. There was just everything. And like I never put together he's black because his parents are black. Right. You know, I thought people right. were just born colors. It's you like just, you just get a color. You pull out a crayon and it's a color. It's just a color. And yeah. Like, who cares? Like, when people first started telling me about racism, fuck purple I'm like, people. What the fuck you got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> people would just be like, people start talking about racism. I'm like, oh, they don't like him because he's black. And I'm like, what the fuck does that differ? I don't understand. And like at, at that point, I still didn't right. understand. Like he's black because his family's black, and there's a history. I, I didn't know there was that. a difference, to be honest. Yeah, no, I because to me, especially in elementary school. You know, the parents are looking at it like, oh, no, there might be racial tensions. Like, we grew up with race riots. Like, the white kid and the black kid is not going to be fine. And meanwhile, we're just in there going like, dude, Wolverine or Spider-Man? 
you know like yeah like our our biggest difference our <laughs> biggest fight was like who's gonna be the black mage and who's gonna be the fighter like <laughs> right yeah we didn't have arguments over like who's black and who's white it's like who's the black mage and who's the white mage and i'm not it's, exaggerating it's power, like that was a literal argument to be like <laughs> yeah like people were like fuck you i don't want to be the healer like even back then like so nothing's I, changed it's i also had a very different upbringing in in the style of playing video games because my mom didn't want me to have any right. um like the first christmas that a family member gave me a game boy my mom wanted to take it away from me but she knew how into pokemon i was and i had gotten pokemon red with the game boy and oh, she just yeah. could not she didn't have the heart because she knew you would have stabbed her in her sleep Oh my God! You have no idea, and like, you would have been I, right to do it. So you, 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 you know how I am. Like I don't really get that excited over presents. I hate shopping for presents. Um, like Christmas is one of my least favorite holidays at this point. Right. Um, I I can't fucking stand it. And when people give me gifts, I don't know how to react because I don't get excited about them. I got excited as shit over my Game Boy and my Pokemon Red. I don't think my mom's ever seen me that excited. So there was just no way that that was going to happen. But yeah, for the most part, like I didn't play games at home. Every time I played video games was either because me and my dad went to the arcade, in which case I only wanted to play two player games. Cause I wanted to play stuff with my dad. Right. Uh, Cause at the time he didn't really live with us. He lived in PA and he was working elsewhere. Um, or I was going to friends houses, you know, and especially when you're kids, your friend doesn't want to stop playing games. Right. So you just get to be player two. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I and I, I spent thousands of hours where like my buddy would come spend the night in the middle of nowhere with me and I'd be like, dude, holy shit, we can play two player games and yeah. realize I didn't have any and he'd be like, All right, well we're playing Super Scope Six, so I'm gonna use this controller and shoot down the missiles and you're gonna play the game, I guess, and we take turns. Yeah, we tried do- doing some stuff like and that's, that. But- like that's how the whole like I didn't realize this at the time, but like as a kid, we started speed running games and I'd be yeah. like, yo, I'm going to beat Super Mario in, you know, an hour and 20 minutes. Let's see how fast you can do it. Like we were legitimately speed running games back in like 1996. So I think for me, the years of only playing co-op, the years of always being player two is the reason that. I love being the healer. I love being the support class. Like I, I'm, I love being the back line. Like in every game that we play, I'm almost always support. Like whatever you want to do, fine. I'll pick something that buffs you and I'll just follow you around. And that's how I like to play games. See, and so and like, I, even to this day, I grew up like know, on the other end of that where like all my friends wanted to play was fighting games where it was, there was no like support. There were no healers. Yeah. Like everybody played to beat each other. There was always the I've got next. It was never like, let me help you out. You know what I mean? There was a lot of that, but I was always never as good at games as other people because he's like, all right, I'm going to my buddy's house to play Street Fighter 2. The difference is I don't own Street Fighter 2 and he's been playing Street Fighter 2 for a month. So like, yeah, I could play and I'm going to, but I'm going to lose pretty much every round because I don't fucking know how to play this game. And I loved co-op games a lot more because of that. So, like, even when we play World of Warcraft, like, most of the time, I have no problem playing Mage or Healer. 
Like that's what I prefer. When we play Overwatch, right? I yeah, I'm good with Junkrat. I, see, and that's the I thing is play like Mercy and Moira and Lucio. Like that's I always, my jam. I always grew up with the the single player. Like I've got to play this by myself. Like I don't yeah. have any support. Like even when I play a multiplayer game, you brought up Overwatch. Like I play Hanzo. I don't play like I have a healer because I assume nobody's ever going to help me. Yeah, I just have to get in there to make sure you don't get hit. (laughs) Yeah, like no, if I shoot them in the head, they die. So that's all I'm going to (laughs) do. Like I, I never play those games. Like oh, I've got a healer, I can back off. It's I'm going to go as hard as I can (laughs) until I can't anymore, and it doesn't work in that game, unfortunately. Like it, it, that game is not balanced around that. It's it does when or, I play Mercy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you, and yeah. that's the thing is like I've got somebody that's backing me up, but like if I try to go solo Overwatch, it's bad, and my team gets pissed at me because they're like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm just trying to win," and I've got a whole team that's like, "No, we've got to stay back," and I'm like. But if you stay back, you're a bunch of bitches. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. <laughs> and I've got to shoot them in the head. So we need to go forward. And people just don't get that. And I understand it because the game is not built that way. I'm not playing the game as it's built. And that's my fault. And I don't blame Overwatch for that. Well, and that's one of the reasons I love being a support. Because there's a lot more people like you than there are people like me. And so, like, I know you can get headshots. And we're going to win as long as you don't die. Okay. Right. As long objective. as you keep me alive, I'll keep shooting yep. him in the head. I have a clear objective. Your objective is to shoot him in the head. Like, I spent, my objective is to make sure you don't die. <laughs> like, I spent a solid 20,000 hours in TF2 shooting people in the head with the sniper with the bow. Like, yeah. And when I played that game with you, <laughs> I always played what? Scout? To yeah. piss them off, to lure them out so you could shoot them, or I would play the doctor to make sure you didn't die. Right. I, I spent a whole lot of time getting damage boosted because it turns out I can I can click the heads. Yeah. Um, and it that honestly, that's one of the things that bothers me about Valorant is you have not gotten a beta invite. I've not played that game because I don't want to play it until I can play it with you because it's not a good time. <laughs> like yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, it's I not fun play playing that with game randoms. Solo. Yeah, I, I've been looking at that game, and like, solo, I have no interest in Valorant whatsoever. But playing the game with you, yeah, alright, yeah, that game looks fun, I'll do that, it, for sure. It's Counter-Strike with fucking abilities. It, it's well, Counter-Strike with Overwatch abilities instead of grenades. Like, well, the grenades you know me, are the Overwatch abilities. I, I'm, I'm never gonna play Counter-Strike by myself. Um, I'll play Counter-Strike if you're going to play Counter-Strike. Right. It's <laughs> a fun team game. It's not a fun song. solo game. Yeah, not, not, not for me at All least. Right. Yeah. So back to our, our list here. So Final Fantasy XI comes out. Yeah, that was a big turning point for a lot of people, and that was definitely a turning point So in MMOs for me because I didn't really have any, except for like Cybertown and Neopets, right. I didn't really have any experience with MMOs at that point. And when my buddy, uh, one of my buddies, I think I was in private school. This was like early middle school when that game came out. Um, I came over. I remember getting really pissed because he was like, oh, I got this game. And I'm reading through the the book and I'm looking at all the screenshots. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing that's ever come out. And then I realized, because at that point, you're still basically, you're like just out of dial up. Yeah. Uh, 
he's like, oh, we have to install the game. And 13 hours later, I'm like, okay, well, I have to go home. <laughs> I right. never got to actually watch the fucking thing. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that that game so... is, I think, the reason World of Warcraft even got popular, because Final Fantasy XI got a lot more people into playing MMOs, especially since it was on So console. the thing with Eleven is... If you wanted to level up quickly, you had to join a party. The yeah, whole game was, was based on party play. Yeah. So you needed a black mage, you needed a fighter or a tank. You needed some kind of healer. You needed you had to have a healer. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to play solo, you had to play some sort of fighter class. And you had to have healing items. So you could kill one enemy and get away with 10% of your health. And then you could spend 45 seconds to a minute to heal yourself and you could actually fight another enemy. But it was extremely, extremely difficult to pull a single enemy in that game. Oh, I remember having all sorts of hard times in that game. Yeah, it is built to have you basically the the leveling areas the areas were like oh i'm gonna kill one enemy at a time i'm gonna run up here and hit one two three i win those areas are set up so that you have to have a group you need a party and you're gonna fight two or three enemies at a time because you're gonna pull them all when one enemy aggros you're gonna aggro the other two and that was the true beginning of the MMO dungeon. Well, and instead, I think it wasn't a dungeon. It was just the way you play that whole fucking game. That, and you that needed game to do s- it for 36 hours to get to the first dungeon, where yeah. then you needed to spend 36 hours to get past the first boss. So I eventually spent a lot of time playing that game. I had watched that game a lot before I'd ever actually gotten to play it myself. And by the time I had actually started playing it, I think we were already like one expansion in at least. Um, it, the one thing I liked about that game is it wasn't PvP focused, right? PvP right. in an MMO focused. Yeah, PvP wasn't really a thing yet, right? So, you know, it it was easy to be social in that game. Like I got to a point you're like, you didn't yeah, have a choice. The first 20 levels or so, there's no point of talking to anybody, right? But the moment you start traveling out and you realize everything's going to kill me very quickly, uh, as soon as you run into another person and start talking to them, everybody's like, yeah, dude, let's group up. Like, absolutely. You know, I also need someone else to get through this Because you legitimately don't have a choice. Yeah, and that was great because I think when games were not that PVP focused, when people weren't worried about just getting to the end game content, but were more focused on the actual journey. It was like a five minute adventure to kill a slime. Right. Yeah. And, and so people were nicer. People wanted to talk to each other. It was easy to group up with people. Um, And I ended up, you know, just making scores of friends with just random people out of uh, a shared necessity. And I, I honestly really miss that. I think PvP events really ruined MMOs a oh, lot. Oh, for sure. Um, because I mean, it, was... it basically it pulls in a whole new group of players. Like, you get all the people that are like, oh, I just play PvP. I only play Call of Duty. And all of a sudden, they're like, all right, well, this is PvP. I can spend two hours to get ready and then just play PvP. 
you get a whole different genre of player versus like if you look at the original like mud players if anybody had ever considered being a team killer they would have been banned from the game you know what i mean yeah that mindset didn't exist until you start getting to this era yeah well and i think like you know, I, I love Guild Wars. So I, I still play Guild Wars 2. I just joined a new guild and everything. Um, but one of the problems I have is I've been playing that game since it came out. So the only character that I play is already a max level character. And I constantly am sitting around going like, well, what the hell do I do? And at end game, all you have is, you know, the world versus world, the PvP and raids and... And that's all, you know, you get to a point in these games, too. I don't think, I still think Final Fantasy XI doesn't even have this, uh, where you get the automatic jumps to max level. So you can just grind. Like, I don't understand, because I feel like people spend years building these giant worlds for people to play through, like World of Warcraft. (laughs) It's got a massive world to play through. But, like, they're throwing max level tokens at you, so you can just do the end game content, and I... I, I feel like so here's the thing ruined it. Here's the thing is they do look at the data. Like I, I actually listened to an interview where they talked about like, why are you guys allowing people to just skip the entire game? And yeah. The, the, the answer was we don't have any players that are literally new. The only new players are people creating second accounts and they don't want to spend 12 hours doing this. So we end up making more money by allowing them to bypass the 12 hours to get to where they want to be that they would do anyway. And they are more likely to spend the subscription money if we allow them to do this. From a business perspective, I totally understand it. Um, but I think the popularity of it has just really killed the real yeah. soul of, of MMOs. Oh, I, I don't, I don't I agree at all. <laughs> or I don't disagree at all. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, no, I, I I don't think there's any argument there. Like it's absolutely killed MMOs. People have just been like, well, fuck it. We'll just do whatever we want. And nobody's going to complain because yeah. it's true. Yeah. Who's going to complain? Like, and honestly, I don't disagree. If you, you know what? At some point, there's a doctor that loves to play Warhammer Online, and if he wants to spend fifty dollars to skip ten hours that he doesn't have, but he's got fifty dollars because he made that in twenty minutes. Great, I don't have a problem with that. I'm happy that he's able to do that. The problem arises. When you've got gold sellers that are now able to spend $20 and farm $250 worth of gold and sell it to the same guy that's like, oh, I'll just subscribe and I can skip to the end. And if I give this guy 50 more dollars, I don't have to spend 200 hours fighting tigers. Yeah. For no reason. Like that, I I, I, I feel like that's a legitimate option. Like some people have time. Some people have money. I feel though. It's kind of like, what's the point of playing the game at that point though? 
like I feel like MMO battles are not that interesting. They're just not that interesting. No, no they're definitely um, not. It, it's one, two, three at best. Right. And so the majority of the fun of the game is supposed to be the journey. And like one of the problems I'm having with regular World of Warcraft at the moment is that like, you know, in World of Warcraft Classic, you have to work to get your levels. Right. And then in regular World of Warcraft, you can just fucking, you know, spam joke and run around in circles for an hour and be level 20. And it's like, there's not, like, even the game, even if I'm trying to play the game proper, it's basically trying to boost me to endgame as quickly as possible. You, you can literally level to max level by doing pet battles. Yeah, and, but I want to see the world. I want to experience the world. And... You know, I'll I'll be a completionist. I want to do every quest. Well, if I do every quest, I'm already ten levels higher than the next area. So I might as well just skip the whole next area because nothing's even a challenge anymore. None of the loot's good anymore. Right. And so you've just uprooted all of the journey, all of the adventure. Well, if you're going to get rid of all the journey and all the adventure, what the fuck is the point of having a persistent online world with other people? Right. And I I feel like that's that's actually to the credit of Elder Scrolls Online. Um, they allow you to do any content you want, and it scales to your level or your group's level, which is great. There is a downside to but that. But at the same time, <laughs> all of a sudden, I have no interest in playing that game because, like, who cares? I can just play it whenever, and it makes no difference. Everything is equally as hard, no matter what you're doing or where you're going. Nothing's interesting so, anymore. It, yeah, it doesn't really feel like anything gets progressively harder. It doesn't feel like, you know, it, and I feel like there is a need for danger zones. Like, World of Warcraft Classic had too many of them, and it was a, it's a massive problem. Where it's like, if you walk five feet in this area, everything's going to kill you immediately. That's right. a little too rough. Yeah, no, but I also mean... also, having a game world where nothing is really frightening... Right. Is also like... You know what, I, like I, like, I like the WoW approach to that, where it's like... If I like remember when we were running through wetlands to low level to get to the barrens, and yeah. we were afraid that the level forty crocodiles would kill us. I think that's cool. There's some sense of danger there. Like you have to watch what it, you're it's, doing. It's an adventure filled world. Whereas like if I'm playing ESO, I can run into the highest level zone at a low level and it doesn't matter and be like well my buddy gave me this cool shotgun so i guess i win yeah it, it's they completely missed the point with the whole mmo thing yeah the issue the issue is not the games the games are the same like wildstar was a very cool game but they didn't understand that we don't live in the age of hiring American Chopper to make a track uh, track driven motorcycle to promote your game was where you should be spending your money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different era, and it seems like they didn't catch up with that. 
I mean, I like that they tried something different, like having the level scaling. Like, it was real nice when it was like, okay, I want to play Khajiit, you want to play Dark Elf. I think they're part of different packs. And, uh, you know, oh, well, shit, we might never be able to play with each other, or we have to get to, like, level 40 before we can meet up. And there was something cool about, like, no, oh, it's, it's cool that, you are. Yeah, no, it's cool that we can just, like, play content. But, like, maybe put a limit in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there should be some places that are like, yeah, don't go here. You're going to die. <laughs> so, yeah, there should there should absolutely be, like, a situation where, okay, you've clearly outflanked the enemy team. I guess we can let you know, hey, you you can fire your torpedoes. We're not worried about retaliation at this point because well, our guns also, are fired elsewhere. ESO kind of gives the the flavor of being like the the MMO version of um, what's that super super cop game that uh, Titus likes to play? Crackdown. Crackdown. It's basically the crackdown of MMOs. Like you yeah. just feel like a superhero everywhere that you go, and it's like, yeah, that's cool at first. It's fun until you want anything else. Until you want any kind of challenge, and then you're like, well, there's PvP. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm good. <laughs> right. It's bad PvP that nobody wants, but by all means. I feel, like, I feel like all MMO PvP is bad. I don't understand. The worst part is, I know there's a lot of people that do PvP, right? I don't yeah. know any of them. I legitimately have never met a person that likes to do PvP, I mean, there was a, I guess there was a couple of people we went to college with that liked to do it in World of Warcraft, I right? Mean, but I, even they... I know some people that did it, like, as part of their MMO, like, YouTube video. Sure, like, but or none even of them just part of their like, general oh, experience. this is my jam. Yeah, I mean, even the people we knew that did some, some of it in college, they still cared more about raids yeah. than PvP. And right. so it's like, who are these people that are just doing PvP in games? I don't know who these people are. So, <laughs> I, I haven't met them. So we had Maple Story as well in 2002. Yeah, um, I never played a lot of Maple Story. Like, I tried it, and... Uh, Maple Story was a big deal, but I feel like, just like you said, like a lot of people were like, oh, that's neat, but it's not a real game. It, it was very arcadey. It, it was an arcade game, to be fair. Well, and it also was more of a like a platformer for people that really liked Gaia Online. Yeah, you know, it was more of the casual weebs than it was actual gamers. Yeah, and for so sure. Maple Story just felt like uh, it didn't really. Feel, it never really. If you had written this on the list, I would have never considered it an MMO. I mean, I guess it does tick all the boxes. It, it, you know what? When I searched MMO, it was actually the first thing that came up, and sure. I was like, I've "I was seen, like, I've you seen know it what? Doing searches before it, yeah. I, yeah. You know what? It ticks all the boxes. Like, I, I can't disagree. This is an MMO. Um, I, I don't think it, it matches modern MMO standards. I, I think it's somewhere else. But I also think that up until right this very minute mmo standards are they're made up they're unrealistic they may as well not exist for all intents and purposes they are they're unusable um 
And that's coming from somebody that is very able to camp and not worry about living cost or like you, you clearly were aiming for me to slow down and I didn't slow down enough. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, 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 so the next one we have on here, which is, I actually tried this one in the past week too. And this has been, you know, a big one for a very long time, even though I really don't know anybody gotten, that plays this one either. It's gotten enormous. But EVE Online. EVE Online has become a sensation. It has. Once again, it's like people that play PvP uh, in MMOs. I don't know these people. So I, I don't, I, I have not met hardly anybody. Like, there was a couple of game developers uh, that we went to college with that were really into EVE. And they were all math nerds anyway, and that was always kind of the math nerd game for me. Yeah, it's a spreadsheet um, game. Oh my god, and I tried playing it in the past week, because I love sci-fi, right? I love ships. But it's a bad and... sci-fi game. Oh my god, it's horrible. I yeah. don't understand why it's Play popular. Star Trek Online if you want a sci-fi game. Well, so here's the other one, and I wanted to bring this one up earlier. Do you consider Elite Dangerous an MMO? Yeah, I put that on there too, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I was going to ask you about that because I think it I is. haven't played it. I, from what I've heard, it sounds like it's supposed to be. So I played many hours of that game. I love that game, um, and the reason I love that game is because I don't have to do combat. Right. And if I want to do like, if you play Star Trek Online, you have to do combat. It's it's a regular MMO. There's just yeah. spaceships, but Elite Dangerous really allowed you to live in space. You have a starter ship, and it can be destroyed, and you need to buy insurance on it, and you can buy better ships, and you need to refuel, and if you really want to, and this is all I do, you know, I'll just put on a podcast or some news and, uh, you know, buy some commodities from this place, fly to another part of space, sell it there, make some money, get some upgrades. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got, not only do you have hub, hub worlds, you have tens of thousands of hub worlds. It's an entirely persistent, I don't even think there's different servers. It is just one giant persistent world. There are other people in it. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird, though, because like if you play, for instance, World of Warcraft, you're going to see other people. In Elite Dangerous, I have played that game for tens of hours, and I don't know that I've ever run into another person. Right. Because you're in space. That game is fucking massive the chances of you running running into another actual person in a vast amount of space is very li little it's minimal right um but you can i mean yeah you can get loot you can attack people uh you it can check the people. boxes it's it's got all the bo it really does feel like an mmo to me and uh i think one of the reasons that it's kind of weird to think about it that way is just because we've never really had that many legitimate space mmos like like i said star trek online wasn't really kind of but not really uh no man's sky once they put multiplayer in there i i guess is trying to kind of be that way and uh, i think that game overall as good as it is and as good as it's gotten since it came out it just kind of ended up being too much of a disappointment to really reach its potential but elite dangerous 
I mean, and if you think about it, the next thing, if it ever releases, Star Citizen, that's an MMO. There, there's no way that's not, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like it has to, but at some point, they also just kind of have to draw the line and be like, this is the best we can do, right? Well, I think if you draw the line too much, that you also have to throw out everything with guns. Yeah. Right? Because first-person shooters are a different thing. But we, we've already said, you know... Okay, you end up are, at the Division. There's there's first-person shooter MMOs. This is just the space version of it. Yeah. Uh, I think we've had too many years of MMORPGs being almost entirely tied to fantasy. I think fantasy is easy to do, especially since yeah. all of the blueprints for RPGs are based off of Dungeons and Dragons. Right. O- originally, wow. everything was based off of weaponry, what we had. Mm-hmm. And then they started talking about, like, I had a dream that a dragon's on our side. And here's some dragon scales that you can hammer on to your, you know, bamboo scales. And it'll postpone the duration of the boners i I totally thought you just said boners there i I did say boners okay you said okay yes (laughs) um like and then it got to the point where they they had to delay the technology to keep up with the humanity yeah yeah i think space is is an ambitious project even for not mmos yeah, for like sure. space games are just because even if you're flying around space, right? There's plenty of games where you fly around space. I used to play Freelancer. I yeah. was a big fan of that game, um, but you didn't really ever land on a planet's surface, right. right? You went to different planets, but really all it was was just a little hub screen, and that's it. But you never really got, you never really walked around wherever you flew to. You never walked around the planet's surface. You never walked around the pub. Uh, you were just flying from menu screen to menu screen doing a space game is is definitely hard and ambitious and i'd I'd like to see us do more of it but it definitely feels elite dangerous definitely feels like an mmo to me and it's one of my favorites i really wish there were more people that played it (laughs) i think it absolutely fits the the criteria um i I think there's there's a lot of people that just want to call every rpg an mmo um rightfully or not they're just like it's the same thing don't waste my time please um but i guess we'll see right well and then we get to another a weird one toontown yeah so i i tried that out i had minimal experience with it it was it was basically the it's basically club penguin right yeah same thing yeah yeah you just kind of walk up and like make some chat decisions and click some buttons and things happen it was very basic um but honestly it was kind of a cool experiment so i don't consider that an mmo it's not an mmo it's not and i feel the same way i feel like that it, it comes under the same uh, boxes uh what what did i had it oh, oh second life where it's more of a social game than it really is an mmo in any way yeah um yeah so i i don't know that that one's a little weird for me 
Toontown wasn't really that big, but it kind of it kind of fit into a similar box as like Wizard One Hundred One. Yeah, there there was a huge wave of those games. You know what I mean? But Wizard One Hundred One had a little more of an RPG element to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there isn't much difference there. Those are you're right. There was that big spring up of like these easy to make games for mostly children, right? They were, they're they were like multiplayer, but there was really no substance there ever. It was just no. like, hey, if you play this, you'll spend two months figuring out the end of it and probably start a fire before then. And if there's not, a, you're probably going to die anyway. There's a there's a couple things on here I don't really have any experience with. Like, I never got to play Star Wars Galaxy. I didn't even know... So I Star did. Star Wars Galaxies existed until it was gone. <laughs> so I I played a lot of Star Wars Galaxies towards the end. Um, I was Which one is of the. I heard that's when it got bad too. And it was. I was one of the first people that actually played that. Um, when they started letting people play a Jedi from the start. So what I found out about Galaxies. Like I said, I found out about it shortly after it went offline, and it was my it was my assistant manager when I was working at GameStop. I used to play D anD D with him all the time, and he didn't play regular D anD D. They played Star Wars D anD D. Him and his roommates, all they did it was Star Wars everything. They loved it, and so they were telling me about Star Wars Galaxies, and I was like, "Oh, dude, a Star Wars MMO that would be really fun. I'd like to play it." He's like, "Well, you can't play it now, but you really wouldn't want to anyway. They ruined the game." And I was like, how? And his one major complaint was like, you used to have to spend hours of grinding and trying to become a Jedi. Like, that was an accomplishment. Right. And then they just started letting everyone be a Jedi, and the game became pointless. I can see Um, their point, though. I didn't see. I didn't know it, because I never played that game. Yeah. But from what they were telling me, I understand it. So what was your experience with that game? So I found out about it shortly before it actually went completely gone. Um, I went and played it after the Jedi update and I played a bounty hunter. And my experience with that game was it was extremely empty. Um, The questing was extremely text driven. Um, And I heard a lot of people just felt like the employees were barely making things up just to keep them at bay. Just barely. Yeah. Um, It was not the best of times. Whereas I, I feel like, you know, maybe you can make an argument that, you know, everybody needs to try an MMO. But I don't think that's true. People just need to... They need to realize that the effects on where they live also affect them in person. So if we have a tornado and our power goes out and our chickens get sucked away, all of a sudden, none of the building that they live in has power. And it's up to me to figure out when they get power back, and so do we. 
Huh. I don't know if I entirely follow you there, to be honest. So basically, like, I don't control if there's some sort of, like, natural issue, like my power goes out. Right. And there's a lot of players that are more concerned about when somebody else's internet comes back on versus, like, oh, I'm just going to go grind this out. There's people that are just, they're basically trying to pay people to make them money. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because they have the dealer. Um, and I have a feeling that they want to come up with some sort of settlement. Um, before their whole entire area is overtaken. Hmm. It's the only reason. The only, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of lucky that the, the first, uh, interaction I had with a Star Wars MMO was the Old Republic. Yeah, because that game was good. Um, I guess the free to play option was was unnecessary and kind of bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do much with it. You couldn't, you couldn't even run. Right. Why? Money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're 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 sounding like you're getting a little tired there. Oh, I'm for sure getting tired. All right. What well, do you want to you want to call it here for the moment? Um, I feel like we've made it a pretty good pretty good place. Um, I I think Guild Wars and the Matrix Online and the introduction to World of Warcraft are a pretty good introduction into the current era of MMOs for part two. Um, yeah, I mean the only thing I think we this have might end up being that... a three part series. Maybe. Yeah, I mean the only other the, the, the only other the two things we have before that are City of Heroes and Lineage Two, neither of which I ever played. I, I have I had no experience with them. Maybe I'll try to get some. I, before I played City show. of Heroes, and it was cool. It, yeah, Andrew was trying to get me back to, to to play that the other day, and I was like, eh, it's, it's interesting, but it it is the most basic. You know what I mean? Like it does all of the things. But barely. What about Lineage? Did you ever play that one? I didn't play Lineage. So neither of us know anything I about it was Lineage. pretty good. Maybe, maybe we'll have to get a little bit of that in, and we'll start there. I, I'm sure or... we can watch some footage at least. Like that would that would probably inform us pretty well. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, um, thank you guys for hanging out for three hours. Um, yeah, I actually had a, a a few people in my room. For a while, I, I still have a few people watching. It looks like so. Thank thank you everybody that has been yeah. sticking around. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, guys. Um, we we definitely need to talk about like Dungeons and Dragons Online, Lord of the Rings Online, Age of Conan. I, I played a lot of that and want to talk about it. Um, Star Trek Online and Star Wars: The Old Republic, which I think is still a great game. Yeah, so there's, you know, this, there's a lot of stuff to talk about still. This this might, yeah, you're right. I think this will be a three part because we've spent a lot of time talking about games that we've only had very little experience with yeah. and didn't go that far. And we're only just getting to the good stuff now. So, Clash of Clans for mobile. I I've played it and I think it's garbage, but we could talk about it for sure. I'll talk about. It. I played plenty of that game. Yeah, I I don't think it's good, but we can talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
but uh yeah thanks for hanging out you guys and um you know we'll be back honestly i feel like we should probably do like a wednesday episode and follow up with the friday episode because this is such a big series my job right now is to be online so i'm i'm down with whatever yeah <laughs> let's uh let's try to do a wednesday wednesday episode and finish this up on friday with uh upcoming i feel like okay. all of friday could be like upcoming mmos so before we close this out entirely for everybody that has been watching and wants to watch the rest of the series do not forget to follow box press radio on twitter uh as well as stumpkin jack that'd be mine personally and then we also have uh steampunk circus and box press radio on twitch which you guys are watching now um and we are on spotify now correct yeah we're on, we're on spotify you can search for us on any podcast consuming app that you have um if you search for box press or box press radio you will find us um but yeah it's uh it's available everywhere just That's just uh type it into google and you'll find it um and if you want to be here live and we Look, there's not been that many people in chat. We would love to have more people have their input. Tell us about your experiences with MMOs and what yeah, games you'd sure. like us to talk about. Um, we're looking at a Wednesday episode, but at Box Press Radio on Twitter, uh, we'll definitely have notes about when we're going to be live and what we're doing. So, And I, I have been talking to the um, the person behind the Firefall games and the person that is making the the new version of that game uh, that was on the original World of Warcraft team and the Diablo 2 team um, and StarCraft Brood War. Like, he's got quite the pedigree, Mark Kern. Um, I, I think we're going to have to have him on for an interview pretty soon because we need to talk about Ember. Um, my first podcast was about Firefall. I did a solo podcast where I went over it every week and all the news and partially solo. I was on a few of those towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I did some, I did some, uh, broadcasts about the esports that they had with that game with some fellow Twitch streamers, um, who are still Twitch streaming. And I, I'm really anxious to do some more, some more stuff with Ember as it comes out. I think that's going to be a really cool game. Um, you can actually pre-purchase now and get a uh, developer build, which is pretty cool because you get to call down your uh, mining robot. It, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it, it's worth checking out. And that game is it's more than likely going to happen. Mark knows what he's doing. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. He's a little too obsessed with belly buttons. But, uh, you know... Uh, as far as uh, naval fixation goes, he's a he's a pretty cool guy. So, uh, one one more housekeeping note: we are, if any of you care about actual websites, uh, we are getting the Box Press Radio website going again. Uh, there is currently something there, uh, but it's temporary while yeah. we put a new site together. So, yeah, new website coming soon. Um, we're gonna have written reviews, podcast reviews, audio reviews, video reviews. Um, as well as like cigar content, alcohol content, um, all kinds of cool stuff. So be sure to, uh, bookmark boxpressradio.com. Uh, 
and let us know what backdrop you want. I really like the idea of us sitting here in uh, in the tavern in World of Warcraft. If you want us to sit somewhere else in World of Warcraft or want to watch our characters hang out in another game while we talk, please yeah, let us know. Yeah, check out my... Uh... I, I don't know if you're watching Twitch right now, but it looks like I have a demon's head for my cock right now, and it's wiggling <laughs> around. It's pretty great. Um, people would pay for this, and we can drink on stream, which is fantastic. This uh, cheating the system here. So, uh, but thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. You guys have a wonderful evening. Have a good evening.